Yeah. So I got my bow tie on, yeah I could be chillin' now So I got my dad hat on, yeah Wow, wow I could be chillin' now So I got my dad hat on, yeah I could be suitin' up So I got my bow tie on, yeah Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow I could be suitin' up so I got my bow tie on, yeah. I could be chillin' now. So I got my dad hat on, yeah. Dad hats and bow ties, dad hats and bow. Dad hats and bow ties, dad hats and bow ties. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Dad Hats and Bow Ties, episode 69, bro. Oh shit. Nah, that shit's mad ironic. Show to get freaking nasty. That shit is mad ironic to me with all of the fuckity fuck news that we got to cover today. Yeah, um, it's a lot going on today. Can we start with the all man moment though? Because for me, bro, I put up that I put up the post. Um, oh, my shit got crazy last night. By the way, I mean we gotta talk about that. I didn't even really see your shot. I should have went to your fucking. I put page. up a new post oh, where new it was. Um, could you lay naked? next to somebody and not have sex with them and some of these shorties was capping crazy bro no I'm cap. not, like i don't understand why you gotta, well, cap why you gotta like that. lie so much you laying next to someone you physically attracted to and y'all both naked you trying to tell me the thought of fucking is not gonna cross your mind then it was if a nigga asks you to come over at 12 a.m yo my shit was lit <laughs> are you coming Few now, shorties kept it a hundred. My cousin few, kept it a hundred. A few shorties kept it a hundred yeah. for me, but a lot of them was just trying to was cat, yeah, bro. One shorty said, "Even if I back it up on a nigga, I'm going dead to sleep on him." Really? Get the fuck out of here! Yeah, stop. The nigga call you over at twelve, like, "Yo, come through." You not gonna be like, "Oh, let's watch a movie." Stop. The fuck out of here! If you leave your house at twelve a.m., if you le- if you physically leaving your crib. Th- some yo, somebody told me, oh, what uh, shorty might be going to get uh, uh, something at the deli. Bitch, we could be a sandwich in bed. What you talking about? Someone told me, oh, we we might just smoke and chill. Y'all, nigga, y'all, y'all, who's smoking and chilling when you coming over? At twelve a.m., I called you to come over to, to smoke? smoke. Nigga, I could have smoked by myself. Like, come on, what are y'all capping for? Lot, bro, it's a lot of. Which lets me know we have to ask some more questions like this oh, moving yeah, forward. I'm keeping it, I'm keeping it moving. Clearly, we got to keep it a, a hundred with these questions. Every bro. day or so, I'm, Every I'm day dropping or so, one. Yeah, yeah I'm at dropping least, one. At least leading up to the podcast, so we have more content to talk about on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. We could talk about the reactions. A hundred percent. Because these reactions is funnier than the fucking questions. And bro. the ironic part for it's me is like so more chicks are interacting than more I expected. Chicks are way more. More chicks are more interactive, but. I've also been learning that niggas are interactive, just not on the page. Niggas will come in my inbox, inbox and start. Yeah. I'm like, Y'all, come yeah. on, son. I, I had a couple of those. I hate that shit, though. Right. Y'all letting these chicks literally steal the show, even though we are asking questions that are mainly pertaining to our female audience. But we need the males to chime yeah, in once in a while, man. Throw, come on. A, throw on a comment, niggas, my nigga. Niggas, and bow ties, yeah, You know what time it is? This. Like, come on. Y'all know what time it is. But, um... <laughs> It's time to get into this shit, bro. Where you yeah. want to start? 
So let's just start at the the, the fucking top, bro. Because clearly everybody is a um, is a, a Webster's or a Miriam dictionary. <laughs> niggas, niggas know what impeachment is. I saw niggas putting up screenshots of the fucking uh, worldwide dictionary. I'm just like, yo, it's a lot going on. Well, so niggas know the word, but they don't know what it means. No, they don't know what it means. But let me clarify yeah. something that I said on the podcast. Now I've said several times that he would not get impeached. Now, what I meant by that is the Senate will not remove him. Right, which so, looks like that's not what's yeah, going to happen. It was evident to me he was going to get impeached, impeached right. because the House is the one who puts the impeachment articles forward. Right. So once that once they vote on that, yeah. the president is technically impeached. Right. Now, impeachment is then supposed to move to the president being removed from office. Okay. But what happens is the Senate has a trial to then state if the president should be removed or not. Now, unfortunately for those who think that this nigga is out of office, the Senate is controlled by Republicans who have already stated that yeah. they not yeah, e- they, they don't even yeah. care. They not they I, not removing. I him. definitely heard that on the radio. Republicans was like, "Nah, we good." Yeah, nah, we And he good. <laughs> and he good. <laughs> and he good. <laughs> so nothing's going to happen. So that's why I was saying yeah. um, in episodes prior right. that I don't really know what the end game is for the yeah, Democrats. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know what the end game is either, to be honest. now these, these fuckity fuck niggas who like Trump are right. all fired up. Like, yeah. yo, y'all really try to get this nigga out of here. You know, some of them are listening to what the Republicans are saying in regards to it being unfair. Mm-hmm. And now that base is fired up. Mm-hmm. And a, a USA Today poll that I saw this morning Basically said the country is divided about if they want him impeached. It's forty eight, forty eight, split down the line. Wow. So that's, I don't know what's gonna happen. That's I 96. don't six. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the. Uh, yeah, you don't know what the final what the end thing game. Is. Yeah, what's the end game? I think, and I feel like this was mentioned by you or one of us on a podcast, maybe episode before, episode prior. At some point, brother, this is gonna leak into the elections. I For see sure. it. I see it. Ha- and, and and it's bullshit because it's going to take our mind off of what the election should be about, which is trying to see if we can get this motherfucker out of here the right way. But all right. of this, you know, murky shit and all of this political stuff, I feel like there's a hidden agenda we don't know about yet. And we're going to learn about it soon because I think more now that he's been, quote unquote, impeached, more things are going to come out now that we just like. Oh, this shit is dark. It's it's we're in a dark spot right now. If the Senate, if the Senate was actually looking to see what happened yeah. in this particular situation, yeah. um, I do think darker things are coming out because Trump is actively blocking a lot of things right. from being shared to right. the Democrats or being shared to any of to Congress in general. Mm-hmm. So I do feel like there's something there. I do feel like the Democrats need a stronger argument in order to get people who voted for Trump to really be like, nah, this nigga got to go. Because the circumstantial stuff that that you can debate whether he meant what he meant on the call or Mm -hmm. you can debate if he withheld the aid. Mm -hmm. I mean, we know that he withheld the aid for Ukraine, but the reason why he withheld it, if that's still debatable... These niggas gonna be able to get away with this shit. Big facts. Yeah, big mm-hmm. facts. So yeah, I don't know, but uh we will definitely be staying tuned, uh for sure. We're gonna definitely hear some more shit before Christmas. I'll tell you that much. So this kind of took me by surprise, but uh Childish Gambino has endorsed Andrew Yang for the president for, for Democratic um I actually like Andrew Yang. I ain't gonna hold you. I ain't gonna hold you. 
When he Canada, was on a Breakfast yeah. Club, he was saying some shit. I was like, why we ain't talk about this on a podcast yet? Like, he's he's on to something. Well, Andrew, so the reason why I like Andrew Yang is because he understands what's happening with the economy. Yes, and I he keep, does. I keep talking about yeah. this. Eventually, we are going to be moving in a space where automation is going to take away large mass majority of jobs. Okay. So... For instance, you walk into Wendy's now on in in Soho, mm-hmm. and to take the order, they have a bunch of machines in the front, so you can go type in your order, and then you can go to the front and just pick it up. Yeah, there's a few there's a few McDonald's in the city like that. Right, I, I haven't seen any. In, there's one in Brooklyn too. I, I, I'm lying. There's actually one in Queens, actually, right off the of hillside. They definitely have a machine. What well, is a few in Brooklyn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a few. So. What you and and again we were talking about this years ago. First of all, we knew this shit was happening when they started taking fucking bank tellers out the bank and just started right. putting those kiosks. But then they started putting a kiosk where anything that you virtually could essentially get from the teller, you can get it from that machine, if right. not more, because right. it's moving faster. So yeah, it's definitely going to create a situation where I mean we'll, uh, we'll talk about it later. But Ryan Leslie definitely just said in his interview in the Breakfast Club that was published today. He had the interview yesterday. He said we got to get we got to get into coding. And at some point, some of us are going to have to get into learning how to really do things more than just pressing uh, fucking numbers and keys on a keyboard because that's where the fuck we headed to. Right. And he was like, jobs are going to be gone if you don't know what the fuck going on in technology. And I'm like, yeah, you got a point, bro. If you're you not if point. you're not the one creating yeah. the, the... You're going to get... The two, the two jobs that may... No, not even. He's right. Coding and, said coding and anything... Big. Regarding technology will mm-hmm. be the future. I was going to say maybe like um, learning how to fix things, but eventually that could get automated too. Mm-hmm. So maintenance of, of machinery and robotics and being ahead of the curve in terms of technology is definitely going to be the next wave. Um, why did uh, well, why did Childish Gambino uh, jump on that? Wave? I didn't read into why, but I am assuming, I mean. How much money did it give him? No, he they're just an endorsement. So oh, just yeah. basically saying that he would like this person to be nominated for president. Got you. Um, the president, uh, Democratic candidate. Okay, he I, thought, the, I, thought, I thought he put some so, fucking money behind him. Okay. But I mean, Andrew Yang is—he's a smart guy, and he sees the curve. So he's very smart, especially when he was on a Breakfast Club. He definitely was like, to be honest, even the, and he said this. He was like, as much as I want to give back to my people, which he's talking about his Asian population. Right. He's like, yo, black people. He was. He said something along the lines of, "Yo, they're gonna help spearhead a lot of shit in the future," and so I'm trying to get behind that wave now. And I was like, "I see it." You Andrew, see what's going on? I see an Andrew Yang wave coming in the next couple months. Couple hell fucking yeah. Twenty an Andrew Yang. And he's so confident, bro. I've heard him speak. I'm like, this dude is. He's smart and he's confident, but he's like, he's waiting to do and say certain shit because he says his team has little. Um, uh, certain slogans that they're gonna start to roll out right. soon, and he's like, he's just waiting. I'm like, shit gonna get nah, Andrew too confident to <laughs> to not know what's up. He's and calculated, yeah. And the fact that he's still here and uh, Kamala Harris is out, gone says a lot. Tells me something, bro. Yeah, something tells going me on. he got something in the tuck. Something is is <laughs> double clutch, nigga. It's ready to go. Hey, he got something in the yeah, tuck, my ready nigga. To go, son. So, but to harken back to the impeachment, yeah. Tulsi Gabbard didn't vote for articles of impeachment. She voted present, which means that she was there for the vote, but did not want to vote yay or nay. Now, I don't know what that means. She was conflicted? 
She claims Once that Once you get to that stage in the game, you got to know, yes or no, we go get him out or not, but she claims that there wasn't proper things, but she doesn't know if it's to the level of impeachment. So she All decided right. to not vote. All right. Listen, Tulsi has had a string of fucking bad luck and bad, I guess, PR around her. Yeah. I don't, it's looking like it's over for her. Yeah, it, no, it's over. <laughs> Nigga, in two weeks, the year is it's over. And I think part so of it is... So a lot of conservatives apparently like her as a Democratic mm-hmm. candidate. Mm-hmm. So I guess she didn't want to disrupt that. Right. But I like Tulsi, but I just think it's like watching someone that you know needs to grow. It's like, yo, you're making missteps because you don't know any better. Right. You don't know how to grow and really play this game, I guess, the <laughs> proper way. Right. And you think that you're being rebellious and you're just being you, but some of the missteps that you're doing can be avoided. <laughs> right, so, right, right, right. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, Big Brother Umar Johnson was on a Breakfast Club the other day, and boy, oh boy, he said a lot of things, man. And definitely, for 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 one, I've been following Umar for a long time. You know, some of you guys know I'm a member of the African Poetry Theater, so I've definitely had the privilege and honor to see Umar speak on numerous occasions. Not just at the theater. I definitely went um, to. Uh, I went out and actually saw Umar in person um, at a school in um, Mount Vernon uh, several years, like probably like maybe two and a half years ago. And he definitely gave a, another powerful speech there. And he gave out his phone number and was really on some, yeah, text me, I'll text you back. So shout out to that. But he was talking about uh, a lot of people thought he wasn't going to get his school off the ground. He got it off the ground. Mm-hmm. So it, it's official, you know, so there's no more speculation around that. The only thing is that um, he said that in order for him to implement some of the programs that he wants, he already raised over uh, uh, $750,000. He's trying to get to that million mark. And he's like, the only way that's going to be possible is that, you know, people continue to support him. But one of the things that uh, he was saying on the interview was, um, I didn't know how <laughs> how hard he was going on this shit until he said it. He really does not believe that we should be integrating with white people in terms of getting married. Like, he's really against that shit. He's like... Oh, yeah, he's been, I, like, I, strong I, I on really, that shit. And I feel like all the speeches I listened to, I probably was not listening to that part. I'm listening to every fucking thing else. But, so, my my question is, in terms of the black man, black woman's plight, is marrying outside the race a hindrance or a blessing to that fight? Because even... It doesn't matter if you marry somebody that's outside of being black... I don't. I think you can't fully get them on board, on board if they just really not built for that. Even if they love you, you can't be like, "Yeah, babe, I'm about to be on the front line. Come on the front line." If she's not built like that and she's white, nigga, you can't force that kid. I mean, we spoke about this a little yeah. bit before. Yeah, we um, did. We had a previous episode where we kind of tackled this, but I'm not that much of a fan of Umar Johnson. Um, okay. I think that some of his rhetoric is dangerous, and I think that. Because, I don't know, there's there's a particular set of people that just because they hear somebody speak confidently, they think that that person is knowledgeable. And Dr. Umar Johnson is knowledgeable in certain areas, but he's willingly ignorant in other areas solely because he doesn't believe it or he doesn't feel like it needs to be the case. And I think that this is one of those areas for me. Because I understand his point in terms of 
Well, as a black person, mm-hmm. marrying into or or having intercourse within your race mm-hmm. will perpetuate that race. Mm-hmm. When you step outside of it, you're uh, essentially making a new race or making a new subset of that race. Mm-hmm. My problem with it is is multiple pronged, but for one, race is not a real thing. Mm. Race is a construct. So there are black people that look white. There are white people that look black. And so when, or at least have black features, quote unquote, black features. Mm -hmm. And so when we kind of like get into this, like these particulars in terms of like, yo, if you end up falling in love with a European person, you're doing your race a disservice. Mm -hmm. If you're looking at me like that from jump based off of who I may have fell in love with. I just feel like I can't really have a real conversation with you. You're already looking down upon me based off of your preset mm-hmm. of what me as a black person should do, which I understand, mm-hmm. but love is love. Mm-hmm. Like there are people who fall in love and they didn't choose to fall in love with X person. It right. just so happened that they clicked the most. Now I get it in the sense of when black people seek to only particularly date a particular race. Right. I'm only dating white women or I'm only dating uh, Hispanic women or something like that. That I understand that point. But literally sometimes there's people that just come across somebody and like, yo, this is who I love. Right. So am I going to take away a black card because of who they they love? I don't know if that's right. He he still says he fucks with Byron, uh, Byron Allen, but... Um, He's just not fucking with him in terms of him with the white woman. But he was like, everything else he was saying about owning the network, getting the capital, and then figuring out a way to take that money so that you can give it to somebody else to get a return. He's like, he's with that movement, 110%. Yeah, and I mean, I understand where his plight comes from. I think it it comes from a a place of people look at marrying white or marrying Hispanic or marrying whatever. Sometimes they look at it as some form of elevation from marrying yeah. black, like yeah, yeah, marrying yeah. within their own race. A lot of people look at it that And way. I think that yeah. for him, he's like, all right, you know what? I'm going to peddle this idea. And don't get me wrong. It has some merit. Yeah. Um, but he's like, yo, I'm going to push this idea that if you do that, you're a sellout. Regardless of, mm. of what you do for black people, you're still right. a sellout because you didn't marry a black queen. Mm. And I get that. I mean, I understand. I just wouldn't go as far as calling people a sellout for that. Right. Me personally... Personally, I've kissed white women just off GP in terms of plays, sets, maybe like a dare. Been in love? No. Wanted to marry? No. Wanted to date? Yes. But want to marry? No. Um, Want to uh, give children to? No. I've never had that. And I don't, me personally, I don't think I ever would have that mindset only because for me personally, and I don't mind dating outside my race. That's just not. That's just not the woman that I would particularly entertain. That's not me mentally. Personally. That's not your preference. Nah, yeah. However, you never know that if you were to date a white woman, where that could have, where that could lead. No, I know personally, and this is just me because I feel like I know myself that well enough. I know that if I was to have a good enough conversation with a white woman, and the conversation was. Um, outside of, I guess, what I would consider 
what I would normally have with mm-hmm. a woman that I'm normally attracted to or a woman that I normally would want. I know probably that having that conversation with that white woman might change my perspective on dating outside my race to the point where I might actually like that white woman enough to actually want to give a relationship a chance and shit. I might fall in love with that white woman. And uh, yeah, and I think that, yeah. I mean, to me, that's the point that I right. like to to stick on is. Yeah. Because there's a possibility. <laughs> you never no, know. You never what, know. You never know what circumstance really know. may arise with right. that might be what happens yeah and yeah you can be like yo i'm strong or not i don't want to date da, 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 da. right but at the end of the day we don't we really can't tell the future we really don't know nah we and definitely don't know okay there's been girls that i've dated that i didn't even know i would date and there's been girls where like they've come on to me i didn't know there's been situations where I'm like, yo, I'm really starting to, I'm spending a lot of time with this person. I mm-hmm. like the way this person thinks. Mm-hmm. I think I'm starting to have feelings for them. Mm-hmm. Like, or I think I'm starting to really bang with them in, in this particular instance. Mm-hmm. And for instance, I went to an all white college, predominantly white college. Right. Now, if I was to stay in that path, I would have mostly come across white women right. that I would have been having interactions with yeah because i'm sure there was white women that you came across with during your school days that were attractive yeah you're in fucking yeah. college like damn these white chicks now if, now if it got to a point where we started i mean i dated a black nubian queen all right. through college let's get it straight right but if there was a point where like i was like all right let me go on a date with shorty who's really been interested and i find attractive who knows what pr- trajectory that could have put me in and I don't feel like I would have been a sellout if that's who I fell in love with because mm-hmm. I still was uh, black st- in Black Student Union. Mm-hmm. I still was the vice president of Black Student Union. Mm-hmm. I still fought for black rights. I mm-hmm. still know what's up. So just because I fell in love with this person, does that mean that I I need to lose a little bit of my black card? And I get it. And in, in right. Umar's defense, he yeah. would say, yeah, because yeah. You're, you're now diluting blackness in terms of who you're gonna end up having children with, right? Yeah. And if you die, now you're giving all of your assets. And that's exactly to that what he was woman. saying. Because yeah. he was saying at the end of the day, Byron Pe- By- Byron Allen, uh, everything that he's fucking building, that shit is gonna go to that white woman. And I'm if, like, he's absolutely. He yeah. yeah, if he passes, I'm like, he's absolutely right. Because he was saying, and he said he doesn't know this yet, but he's basically was saying that. He doesn't know if Byron is setting up something specifically for black women. Mm. And he's hearing all this talk about network this, network that. And I'm just like, to be honest, like, and, you know, this goes to a quote that I was thinking about posting today. I might post it tomorrow. But it was a conversation that shout out to our good brother, Joshua Walker. He was talking about it a few years back. And at first, I didn't agree with it because I always used to say whoever's in that position to give money or give help just because they're in a position to do it doesn't mean that they have to and that's how i felt about rappers i felt that if you were a famous rapper if you're a famous person and you got bread just because you come from a certain neighborhood or environment that don't mean now because you got bread and because you in this position that you have to give back right that's your choice and now i'm like yeah that is your choice at first it was different for me at first, I was like, nah, fuck that. You got to yeah, get back. I remember a previous yeah. episode you had said that. And I'm like, nah, nah. Fuck, nigga, it's your choice, kid. It's, it's dicey, but it's dicey. It's your money, though. It's 
nigga, you work, but then the people help you get there. So it's, I don't know, kid. You're not a politician, nigga. You're a rapper. I feel like the, even the roles of responsibility is different. You a rapper, politician, politician, probably the mandate is, nigga, you got to do for the community. Rapper, uh, nigga, you touring the fucking world, nigga. Senators and shit ain't really. I think it's dicey. I agree. I mean, like you said, part of it is the people got you here. So yeah, definitely. Like what? It's is, a big part of it. What are you gonna? Are you gonna give back? Are you gonna give back? Give back don't always mean money. And then the <laughs> other part of it is like, but I don't really know what blood, sweat, and tears you had to do or get through in order to get to this position. True. So once you got here, like I can't, I can't tell you what to do with your money, but I do think that your mindset should be. How can I give back? That's how I look at it. Yeah, Your yeah. mindset should be, I'm in this place, and maybe not just because, you know, I got to give back because these people put me here, but mm-hmm. more so along the lines of, if you're aware of what's going on in the world and in politics and this and that, mm-hmm. then you you need to have the mindset that I need to start transforming my black communities now before somebody else comes in and mm-hmm. transforms my community, Tran- comes in and a white person comes in and owns the the buildings that you used to live in and ups the rent and makes it so that the elderly people can't pay for it and now they got to go into a shelter or something like and that. That's definitely what the fuck been happening for that's, the last 10 Brooklyn, years. In Brooklyn, yeah. Bro- right? Harlem is yeah, it's finished. Yeah. So, it's finished you know, there. if you're in the the space where you can do a Tyler Perry, please fucking do it. I I think you should I you think, should do yeah, it, but I think you should it is your money at the end of the day. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you that you're a sellout if right. that's not what you decide to do with right. it. Right. Because that's uh, probably not even in you. Yeah. It's some not, people, yeah. it's not. It's not in you to be like, I'm about to build a fucking homeless complex. That's probably not in your heart, kid. And I can't be like, because I feel it in mine, I'm going to say some shit to try to get it to get to you. And it, nigga, it's going to get to you and then it's going to come out the other air like, nigga, I don't have to do what the fuck you think I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Because like you said, I don't, you don't know what I had to go through to get here. You may have helped me, but you don't know the the dark moments that I was just wanted to give up. The, the, <laughs> my girl left me uh, and fucking I was homeless for three days. I didn't eat for a week. All I had was right. bags of chips. I lost 20 know? pounds behind this shit, nigga. Yeah, right. It's real shit, bro. Yeah. Speaking about real shit, Love and Hip Hop Season 10, New York City. First of all, big shout out to the good people over there at Love and Hip Hop and VH1 for giving my black ass an NDA, an opportunity to be on as background. You know, that, that we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're adding that to the IB, uh, IMBD. Um, you know, so you guys could check my shit out, Malek Mir. Um, I so, definitely watched the two hour premiere. Nice, definitely did. Okay. Um, mainly because of Joe Budden. I'm gonna hold you. Um, pump, pump it up. Yeah. <laughs> I, what, what'd you think about it though, bro? I saw snippets because I didn't get to see it. I was at work, but I saw snippets. Um, I saw a whole bunch of trash. So I, I, I get the gist of it, and because I was there for the whole taping, so I know the majority of that part of that storyline. Um, what can I say? There's definitely a lot of behind the scenes stuff that they did not record. So I definitely see the direction that it's going to be going into. I think this season is going to be one of the best seasons ever. Um, yeah, I think that's, it's a that's, good that's comeback what season. That's what it's cooking up to be. And I feel like they got all the special ingredients. You got fucking Safari in this bitch, Button, Sin. It's going to be a very interesting to see Remy. So it's going to be very interesting to see what the fuck go down. I think it's know? a nice mix of Ratchet yeah. and Maturity. De- it's definitely a, a, a good mix between Ratchet and Maturity because you have people on there like My Song, Tamika Mallory, Tamika Harris, Yandy Smith, people who are in this 
prison reform. And then you got, you know, you got out, you know, Juju with that fat ass. Oh my God. You got Jenna Ski. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Who we've had the pleasure of, of bumping into a couple times. Right. Um, she works really closely with Danny Deuces. Shout out to y'all. Well, word, word, um, word, word. So apparently she has some storyline with Fresher. Fresher got a storyline too. Oh, shout out to my guy Fresher. Yeah, so Fresher apparently is married. Didn't know that. Okay. So him and his wife is on the show. And uh, Jenna, uh, I don't know what what the I know Jenaski is is more uh Janoski as some people like to say it. Right. Um I know her her she has some connection to Rich Dollars. And it's yeah, like yeah, that's Rich, it. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Rich, yeah, Rich is trying to put her on. I can't I can't even speak. I definitely heard some shit behind the scenes when we was taping. Her, mm-hmm. her name was flown by. So when you say that, I'm just like, somebody definitely did ask that, but it was a nigga that don't know him personally. So Rich just looked at the nigga, mm-hmm. and I was like, thank God the cameras ain't rolling for yeah. it. Because that nigga was in his phone like, is, is this nigga serious? I'm looking around like, please don't pop on this. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm interested because I I, I know Jen, right, Jeneski, right. so yeah. I'm interested to see how that develops. Right. Um, sure. we all know about Fresher. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out. I kind of feel like it's a little bit of a fall of grace for Fresher to be. Yeah, because did not know how to fucking come back this year. No record this year. His no, I, his no. records haven't hit since right since that one record. Well, no, no, he, he had. He, I think he had. A, he had another record after that. Uh, after wait, 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 wait a minute. Definitely got it, but I don't think it hit the same way, and I don't think he's hitting the same. I don't way. think he got anything that was placed on radio no, crazy since no since that no. So <laughs> get them loving hip hop checks because some so, of them some, I don't you know I'm not sucks. trying to downplay the brother, right. but like you said, he hasn't been hitting. Now, and, I'm not trying to downplay the nigga either, but yeah. nigga, we could talk about fresher the same way niggas was talking about Joe Budden, and now look at Joe Budden, right? So, so this might be right. a little, this might be a down season for Fresher, but free game, nigga. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do to stay. You relevant. have to do what you have to do because you created a, a sound. You created a, a, a this whole movement around you. You'll figure it out, just like Joe Budden figured it out. Facts. So, Clearly, <laughs> I'm gonna keep saying. That. Um, <laughs> Kim Bella looks like a looks like a bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I never liked her. Yeah, she looks very mousy on the show. They got her looking like a little mousy uh, 6'9-ish. And she's not all that either. Nah. nah, nah and, I, and I'm not saying she's ugly. She's just not all that. And Joel Santana, I know that's your wife. I don't want to speak on your wife. But the way they have her depicted in the show got her looking crazy. I don't know Kim Bella, obviously, personally. But they got her looking real wild. Um, I don't know. What's the other shorty named Jim Jones? Chrissy. They got Chrissy looking like a bully. Um, but the whole season is based around Chrissy coming back to I the show. I fucking loved. First of all, I <laughs> no disrespect to this nigga Jim Jones, man. But Jim, on fucking public television, bro, you allowed this beautiful black because to me, Chrissy's bad. To me. Mm-hmm. Especially when I first got his love and hip hop season one. They fucking made that show that show. Like yeah. legit. Chrissy like, claims that she co-produced it. The nigga, I believe, first and of then, all, and Jim, Jim Jones definitely had a situation where he talked about it on the radio right, show right. and said Mona kind of took it from him. But right, right. that's neither here nor there. But Jim, you had this beautiful black woman. Oh my God, Chrissy's so bad. You had this beautiful black woman get on her knee 
And but he, she she proposed to him. Yeah, and he dubbed it on national television. Now I was watching the episode like, nah, it couldn't have been me, kid. And then she left him for four. Left well, him. she left. She claims they were the kept. They were still together. She left for four years, and and now she's back. If you leave the state and live in another state for four years, we not together. Chrissy, y'all not together. Yeah. And I do believe they quote, quote unquote separate, but they also was in business together because around that time when Love and Hip Hop came, Chrissy definitely was getting ready to do her own line that Jim was putting money into at the time. Jim had just came off of the We Fly. So Jim was making mad fucking money. I mean, he pr- I'm pretty sure he's making, he's still making money now, but back then when he was having a situation with 15th Unit, Jim was on some other shit. We was like, All right, okay, this nigga Jim out here balling on his biggest record of his career. We all was singing that shit. Anyway, um, all of the shit that I seen her go through and everybody else who's been watching Love and Hip Hop, to me, was very unnecessary. Jim could have easily married that shit. They've been together for so fucking long. And it's like, I just hope this season is not the season that she stoops to the levels that she, quote unquote, thinks she had to to win over a man who. And I'm not saying that because I'm necessarily not opposed the women gonna kill me when they hear this shit. I'm not opposed to women getting down on their knee. Shit, yeah, y'all already get down on two knees. So why not get on a knee if you feel like that's what you wanna do to prove to a nigga that you really wanna be serious and, and be together? Why we always gotta go to tradition? Why the man always gotta get down on his knee? Shit. You know what I mean? But it, it's looking it's looking like a good season. Now, nigga, we have to get to this safari shit because yeah. <laughs> Eric Kameen is wilding the fuck out. My opinion. I mean, I don't think they went too much into it on the first two episodes. But no, but I started reading some shit online. Safari's worth 2.5 mil. Didn't even know he was worth that much. I was like, oh, this nigga is out here. I, I can see that, yeah. She's worth 750000 Bitch, you're not even a mil yet. You talking about you want a prenup? No, actually, she's worth 350000 You 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 want a prenup? Why? Why, Why do you think you deserve... Because he gave you a baby? I mean... Fuck out of here, son. <laughs> Listen, if I'm Safari, I'm happy. Cause she that means she don't get nothing when we when we break up. Okay. So okay. if she wants the prenup, cool. I don't know why she's asking for it in terms of He know, should be the nigga asking for right, it. Right, because he's worth more. Right, he's worth more. He's but worth- <laughs> it could be that she wants the prenup to prove that this is about love and this isn't about anything else so 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 now i have a question so why do people get prenups bro because i i couldn't be married if i'm married me personally yo we married fuck that prenup shit well most of the time people who aren't i don't want to say aren't sure but if i'm worth 40 billion dollars and i meet shorty at the bar and she's used to making 30k I may not know what her intentions are for us. Maybe we date for two years. Maybe we date for three years. I may not know what her intentions are in terms of getting married to me. So I think sometimes people look at it that way where it's like, and let's keep it a buck. There are some chicks out there that will trick you like and tr- and make you. They'll be with you for 10 years. And, and then when then, that 10th year come and they, and, and, and they fully figured out your finances almost better than you. Nigga, they, they out. They ready to go. Yeah, they out. And they got their come up. <laughs> so there's some people that do that. So yeah. like, we can't act like that doesn't exist. I definitely but do. Especially in this culture? Oh, yeah. my God. So I, I think that for a lot of people, they ask for the prenup up front because they right. want 
they want to make sure that that person wants to marry them for the right reasons. Mm. So I know there's also something called a postnup. Really? So What's that? That's like after you get married, you can change the terms in of the pre marriage. Yeah. Really? Yeah, you could change the term to potentially add them in as if they it was a prenup. Um, or you can change whatever you may have agreed to before you got married. So Yo, and see, and this is the shit that fucked me up with marriage now. We getting married, but it feels like now it's this stipulation that somebody either considers or they don't consider. Like, all right, cool. Well, based on how much I make or based on how much you make will be the deciding factor on whether or not we actually go through with this process of the marriage. We're already getting married, but mm, let's look at this prenup. I think we have to <coughs> we have to really look <coughs> at what it? marriage originally was. Right. We talked about that before right. on the podcast as well. Right. So... Marriage is originally a contract between two houses. Right, coming together. Right. So right. typically what would happen, um, at least in um Europe. Right, those is, middle those those medieval days, yeah. Right. Yeah. There would be potentially, let's say there's a kingdom over here mm-hmm. and they have all the natural resources. Right. They have a lot of spices, mm-hmm. foods, gas. Um yeah, yeah. anything. That at that time was very marketable and right. could sell really well. Right. But there's another kingdom, and typically what would happen is there's a lesser kingdom. Right. That's like, damn, we gotta move up in the ladder. How can we do it? Right. So they would form this contract where the daughter may either marry a cousin, and now there's a duke. Right. So now that kingdom is is now the duke of whatever lives right. there. And now some of those resources are now going to that right. part of so the country. It's like a fair exchange exactly. between those kingdoms. So the, the idea... by the marriage. Exactly. The <laughs> idea is like, all right, well, now you married our house into yours. Right. And now we'll share these resources. Right. And so that is really what marriage kind of evolved into. And it's still mm-hmm. a contract. Yeah, yeah. That hasn't changed. No. It's still a con. You still have to legally... Go to the courts, yeah. Getting certain things right. signed off, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's still the idea that we're bringing two houses together because if your wife has debt and you don't, you acquire that debt. You acquire her debt. So her debt now is yours. So if your debt was so if if your debt was zero and her debt was thirty k, nigga, now your debt is actually good luck. 30K. Y'all got thirty k together, so my nigga, nigga. Y'all gotta figure that out. So if it's gonna be fifteen, fifteen, three thousand this year, three in. Figure it out. So y'all y'all still are marrying two houses together, right? And I don't think everybody looks at marriage that way. They no. look at it from the eye, the lens of. Do I love this person? Then I'm going to marry them. The ring and all that. All that other superficial shit that goes out the window. So the prenup for a lot of people is kind of to circumvent the legalities of Mm -hmm. getting married. We get this prenup put in place that says that you don't get shit when things go (laughs) south and you still want to go through with it. Then I can say that you really do love me. You really want to see this this work for some people. So would you sign a prenup? I think it's circumstantial. For me, it's circumstantial. Okay. It depends on what financial state I'm in versus the person I might fall in love with. Nigga, here we go now. Boom, here we go. Hypotheticals. Yeah. You're making four times more than your partner is. Are you signing a prenup? Four times. So I'm making 400K. She's making 100K? No. Okay. But if it's something where I'm making... Mills. Like... <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm making nigga. We turn off the podcast. We making money just. We making mills just off podcasting. I think maybe maybe it have to be like ten times or something. Like if I'm making a mill, ten times. Yeah, that's a lot. And she's making like a hundred k. You signing a prenup? A prenup <laughs> might come into play. You know what I mean? And I think it. I think it's time. I think it's who. Right, Def- definitely Tom. Now, me personally, I'm not marrying nobody that I met in two years or some shit like that. But I know people do that. Yeah, yeah people. I'll be like, damn, nigga. People do that. People meet a chick. A relationship is different. Yeah, marrying somebody in two years, I don't know, kid. The person I marry has to probably have been in my my life for uh, years, at least. I was about to say three, four years. Yeah, for for me, it's gotta be it's gotta be a good four or five. Yeah, for me to really be like, all right, I, I'm marrying you now. Right, I know so much about you that I could blink, go to sleep, wake up, all my money around. I could wake up, my money's still gonna yeah, be there. Yeah, I know what this is about. I know, I know that you and love now, me beyond this. The next part about it is, were we talking and together before this money came in? Because if you that knew part. me before the money came in. That's a different you know me. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I'm meeting you after I become said individual, it's, I don't know. I don't know now. Yeah. It's, it's prenup it's dicey, the, bitch. Yeah. Prenup. Yeah, yeah nigga. <laughs> fucking. Fuck what was that? T- uh, yeah. Ninja. Yeah. Fucking ninja slice or whatever yeah. <laughs> the fuck that shit was on iPhone. Right. So um, before we go further into entertainment, though, yeah. I think it's really important for us to talk about what's going on in China. Nah. What's, what's happening in China? Oh, 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 hell fucking yeah. So, nigga. China. I don't know now. China is showing. They changed the game. <laughs> what we need to look out for in the future with all governments. And I think that this is super important, super scary. And I think people really need to take time Guys, to Guys, pay key. attention to this part of the podcast. Please. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the article a little bit. Um,. Basically, what it is, is China has allowed its law enforcement to have full access to spy on its citizens. What I mean by that is China has decided to set up a group well, across certain regions. Mm-hmm. There's facial recognition at people's apartment buildings. So to walk in and out of your apartment building, your face is getting scanned. Right. <laughs> your phone is getting scanned. China has allowed law enforcement to know where everybody is at any moment in time based off of their cell phone pinging Mm. and the facial recognition software and surveillance cameras. So it's legal for law enforcement to see you have done a crime on tape. I was about to say, do you know how fast they're going to be able to detect crimes now? So what happened was one, one person that they interviewed, they jaywalked and they went to their house. The Chinese police pulled up to the person's house and gave them the $3 ticket for jaywalking. The lady said, how did you find me? And they were like, it's easy to find you, find anybody now. We have facial recognition. We have surveillance. We have everything and, all over. And that's how that news broke. So, the well, pe- that was part of it. Okay. But they, there's so much of initiative. Let me see if I can find the article to really delve into this shit. But this shit wow. is scary, y'all. Wow. So... <laughs> Let me get this straight. So, I'm in China, and I'm married, and I'm about to go to the strip club and probably make the dumbest decision of my life and cheat on the stripper. They can find that information out if I'm at the strip club 
And the strip club is also has a facial recognition of everybody walking Everywhere inside. Everywhere has facial recognition. God damn, nigga. So let me. The game so, is over, bro. Yeah, it's over. Zhangzhou, China. China is ramping up its ability to spy on nearly 1.4 billion people to new and disturbing levels, giving the world a blueprint for how to build a digital digital totalitarian state. Chinese authorities are knitting together old and state-of-the-art technologies, phone scanners, facial recognition cameras, face and fingerprint databases, and many others into sweeping tools for authoritarian control, according to police and private databases examined by the New York Times. Once combined and fully operational, the tools can help police grab the identities of people as they walk down the street, find out who they are meeting with, and identify who does and does not belong to the Communist Party. The United States and other countries use some of the same technologies and techniques to track terrorists or drug lords. Chinese cities want to use them to track everybody. The rollout has come at the expense of personal privacy. The Times found that the authorities parked the personal data of millions of people on servers unprotected by even basic security measures. It also found that private contractors and middlemen have wide access to personal data collected by the Chinese government. This build-out has only just begun, but it is sweeping through Chinese cities. The surveillance networks are controlled by local police, as if county sheriffs in the United States ran their own personal versions of the National Security Agency. By themselves, none of China's new technologies are beyond the capabilities of the United States or other countries. But together, they could propel China's spying to new level, helping its cameras and (laughs) software become smarter and more sophisticated. This surveillance push is empowering Chinese police who have taken a greater role in China under Xi Jinping, its top leader. It gives them the, a potential way to track criminals as well as online malcontent sympathizers of protest movements in Hong Kong. Critics of police themselves and other undesirables, it often targets vulnerable groups like migrant workers. Um, I'm going to fast forward and go straight to some of the things that people themselves have said about it. Uh, let's see. One of the police officers said, each person's data forms a trail. Uh, wow. Let's see. Fucking case reports, y'all. Yo, this shit is crazy. Um, oh. I want to get to this particular story wow. that the police officer said. Really, that's really about to go down. Con- we here. Control is about to get crazy with technology. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, this is China, but if it's happening in China. Nigga, it's going to soon happen in America. The fuck are you talking about? If not, it's already happening. If not happening without people knowing. <laughs> right, without people knowing. Um, this is worse than a fucking screenshot era. God damn. And I feel like I said that to you via text. So, some residents of the Xi Chi residential complex weren't pleased when building management at the behest of the police last year replaced their old key card locks with the state-of-the-art surveillance system. Residents would now need to scan their faces to enter their building. 
So that's one thing. I hate be heist, and I need to correct myself. Be heist. Um, I fucking hate that shit. So you people have this. So you scan your face. Your face is the scanner, right? And now with that, if the police are connected to that scanning system, they now know when you entered your house and when you're at home. Crime, yo, detecting crimes is gonna be so, crimes are gonna be solved within a matter of seconds at this point. Through data on our platform, we can dig out all records of a particular person and make a comprehensive analysis of the route of activities of this person. Um, Mr. Lin, who added that his company also offered algorithms to flag women who check into multiple hotels in one night for suspicion of prostitution. (laughs) Yo, this shit is crazy, dog. That shit is crazy, son. Um, yo, damn, I want to get to the story about Shorty who fucking game is different now, bro. This is letting me know that certain information now I got to not put in my phone. Police have blanketed the region in cameras, phone trackers and sensor studded check in points. Uh, Urum Kwai, the regional capital. I'm probably I said that I probably fucked that up, but. Yerum Kwai, um, the regional capital, police sealed off 3,600 and 400 residential complexes with checkpoints and installed 18,464 sets of facial recognition cameras uh, in them. According to data unveiled by police presented in August, a top p- police official, uh, blah, 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 blah. Detailed a network of 37 phone trackers installed permanently in a single square kilometer neighborhood. Miss Ouyang, the woman ticketed for jaywalking, knew the dangers but took her complaints publicly. So this is talking about afterwards. Um, let me see the story. Oh yeah, and you said that shit was gone after that. Yeah. Yo, when you told me that part, I was like, now nah, that part wild. That part, how you make a complaint and then it's gone? Okay, well, we- so the lady said, how did you find me? And basically the police said, it's easy for the police to find a person. Right. And then she made a complaint and started to get fearful because she felt like with all the information that they have on her, they could have done something either to her and or her information and decided to meet with the police in in like public areas and stuff. So I don't know, bro. That's just to me. That's the scariest and most important piece of news that I've heard in a long period, yeah. period of time. I said this a while ago when technology was going into a very dark place. With some of this shit, we I don't know if as a society we're really ready for this part. We need this to, part right here is getting crazy. We need to install laws now. Against what the government can do at this particular moment in time before it gets to the point where certain things are just being added in our society without us saying it. And we already got we already got the traffic cameras, which they putting up everywhere and they can use that to spy on people. Hell fucking. Like a lot of these movies that talked about uh, the the one with Will Smith. um, I robot. No. Okay. Um. Gemini? No, it was an older movie that he did where basically he was surveilled. It was like surveillance everywhere. Let me see if I can look it up. 
You're not talking about Enemy of the State. Yes. Enemy of the State, Enemy of the State was wild, nigga. And that was in the 90s. And that was in the 90s. That was 90s. letting us know some shit about to pop, nigga. Then you got Eagle Eye <clears throat> with Shia LaBeouf. Eagle Eye. Shia. Um, Eagle Eye was fucking... Nigga. Eagle Eye was crazy. But we here. Oh, no, no, no. We here we now. We here now. This ain't a movie, nigga. This ain't a movie. This real <laughs> Jeezy voice. This ain't a movie, nigga. It's real life. And right now, we still have the Patriot Act in place. The Patriot Act, boy. And for those of y'all who don't know specifically what that does, is it basically says if you're deemed a terrorist, yeah. which who is deeming you a terrorist? They could just kick in the, at any given time. Nigga. At any given time. Any they, given moment. They bro. can use any resource available and to them you. to find you. And get you. And get you. Yeah. So the government today could say, you're a terrorist. Yeah, you just reminded me about the Patriot. Because when I first read that shit, I was like, oh, this act is mad serious, bro. Like, this is a scary-ass bill that they passed. Shit was crazy. <clears throat> Nigga, I don't... I say it all. I don't know where we're going. I really don't know where we could put... We're here now, and like X just said, we need to start to get into these conversations. We need, we, need, we need to start to be talking to our local... Um, litigators and our local politicians to try to get some some laws enacted so that by the time it possibly the government wants to impose these things we have laws to protect us in certain right. areas because at some point if we don't act with the swiftness we're going to end up like china if not worse than china because this is just the rollout now we don't know how much more other things are going to find to really start to hamper down because the only way i can see this benefiting the people of China is with crimes. Other than that, it's causing a a, a a a heap of dismay and disservice to the people's privacy on a whole nother fucking level. And but the problem with crimes is like on a real, I think probably ninety percent of of people commit a crime every day without really knowing that they're committing a crime. Whether it's you speeding, like for one block, yeah, because those will be considered petty crimes, right? Right. You might speed for a block. You might jaywalk. Because you might blow a stop sign. Shit then, like that. So imagine <clears throat> every time you do a minor infraction, you're getting a, a ticket sent to your house. Yo. Or you're getting the police coming to you later on that day. Like, yeah. So, you know, I saw you got into an argument with so-and-so. That was actually a noise disturbance. I will be fucking... Nigga, I'll be more annoyed than anything. Like, nigga, I'm not even paying this fucking summons. Bro, I be getting tight when I get a, a ticket from the traffic cam. It's like, yo, bro... You don't, the camera don't know why I had to speed up for two seconds and go over 36 or 35, whatever it is for them to the camera, issue the ticket. The camera definitely don't know that there was a fucking ambulance behind me, but they still giving me this shit saying that I ran a red light. Nigga, the ambulance was there. Right. I had to. I, I had nigga, to run the red light. I had light. to run the red. Nigga, I had to. What would you want me to do? Stay there? Because it's going to fucking hit me and then I'm going to be hit with that bill. <laughs> Fact. Yeah. Shh. So a nigga who clearly didn't want to be surveilled was uh, Jay Z at Diddy's clearly. party. Yo, Jay and Beyonce are notorious for their facial expressions, bro. They don't hide. They don't hide it. That shit. He took the nigga phone, bro. That shit was hilarious. Nigga grabbed the phone out the nigga hand and was like, "Yo, come on, man, what you doing?" So I mean, Joe Budden and them were talking about it yesterday, and they were making a point of being a celebrity and people always putting their phone in your face and how annoying it is that people can record you without your consent. Right, because it's not like a nigga saying he pulls it out. Hey, can we, nigga, you just pulling it out and you thinking, nigga, you could just press that red button. Nigga, I'm about to break your phone. Right. 
I don't want to be recorded. Nigga, I don't want to be nigga, I don't want to be on camera right now. Now they they think that a law will be enacted. I think it's too hard to at this point to enact a law. Nah. We're past that because bro, we've bro, we've seen a lot. There's a lot of celebrities, bro, that we know and we've been around that I feel like if we was on some hey, if we just randomly said, "Yo, we about to set up this camera," And without talking to them like we did when we was doing the shit when we went to Comic-Con, nigga, a lot of niggas would have tried to break our camera. And, but Fuck are we talking about? On the flip side of it is you would then have the burden of proof would be on was I even trying to pick you up in my camera? And that's hard. Maybe be, you was just there. Right. Like with parties and stuff, I might be parties. focused on you and someone else might end up in my frame. Parties are definitely hard. So how can you sue me for showing up in my frame because you didn't want to be in my snap or you didn't want to be in my IG story proving you would have to prove, I think, that I I intentionally put you in my frame without your consent. And I think that'll be a hard case. And I think that's easy to kind of like fight to some extent. I think what's going to happen, though, is that if you tell a nigga straight up not to film you, the nigga still films you. If if niggas can track when that shit gets posted to the web and they find out that is you, yeah, you're getting sued. Yeah, you're yeah, getting, I yeah. think you're think gonna get sued for that because nigga, I told you don't do, it and you still fucking. That did might it. be the the route is. It's gonna if, have to be the route. If I take a picture or a video, and, and then I put and then I post it up, and then someone comes under it and is like, "You need to take this down. I did not give you consent." Right, to cease film and desist, it. nigga. Now maybe it'll get to that point. Um, but that would that would probably be easier than any other thing. But all of this happened at Diddy's fiftieth. Yeah, Diddy's fiftieth, right? Um, shout but out to, this shout was out to Diddy. this was the celebration. Diddy turned fifty. I want to say a month ago. Oh, so he was just he just throwing a party for him turning fifty, right? Okay. So he, I think he purposely did it on the eve of Kim, of yes, Kim Porter. R.I.P. Kim Porter. So he turned fifty a while ago, right. but the, he celebrated now mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, I mean, we spoke about what Diddy means to the culture, so I don't think we got to remitigate right. that. The other thing, too, before we move on very quickly to the other topics, if you inviting niggas and whoever is getting invited anywhere, bro, you got to let niggas know straight up. Like, bro, the two years that we've been doing Ready Whip, I let niggas know straight up. My nigga, no flash photography. Right. And I still seen some niggas post some shit online, and I'm like, my nigga. If some real shit was to happen, and you I on said, your own. and I said, don't do it, nigga. You're on your own. Niggas ain't coming for this network, nigga. I'm letting the feds, nigga, go for that person. Cause I said no flash photography on Eventbrite. I said no flash photography in every post I post. I said no flash photography in every text, every email. I said no flash photography when you get fucking there. Right. So a nigga can't say. And I just think people need to because just like I was listening to. An interview today with 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 uh with with uh with Ryan Leslie and he was like, "There's a lot of performers now. When you go to their shows, Maxwell didn't even know Maxwell did this. They was like, yeah, Maxwell had a show a few months ago. Maxwell dead told everybody when you come to the show, your phones will be confiscated, put inside of a ziploc yeah, bag. Comedians and, do that. And a lot. I was like, yo, com- I think comedians need to do that, bro, because nigga, their jokes is bread. Yeah, comedian. I would be doing that. If comedians I was comedian. do that the most. Fuck comedians will take your yeah, phone. I'm taking your phone because. My jokes. I mean, yeah. if you put my jokes on the internet and I got a tour date for with three or you four just more shows, the whole shit up. Niggas seen the whole show already, so I agree, nigga. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Um, I think confiscating cell phones at 
uh, if you're not a comedian, though, at a show that got like twenty thousand, that's a lot. Well, there's God a part. There's damn. there's a party series that um, came to New York. I want to say last summer where mm-hmm. they confiscate your phone before you get into the party. Oh, word? Yeah, they, you got to put your phone in the bag, and you can't be on your phone at the party. So they take your phone. Oh, they and take they, your phone so that you so can enjoy they the party. Is, they they do is they give you the sleeve. You have to take your phone and put it in the sleeve, and it locks. The only way to unlock it is to when you're leaving. So it's like a magnet lock. So you can't get in your phone so that you can enjoy the party. So you still have the phone on your person, so you can't say someone stole your shit. But it's in the sleeve where you can't get to your phone at all. Oh, so it's so they they have you deliberately locking in front of them. Sleeve. So when you come in, where's your phone? You gotta put it in the sleeve. I fuck with that. And then it's locked for the night. And the only all, thing is though, if you went there to bag, but you ain't bagging no nigga. You, you gotta, gotta go back to old school. You better remember, yeah, Na- napkins and Na- writing some, on your hand, my nigga. nigga. Facts. And and the fucked up shit is. No, where's your IG? Can I no get way, your IG? Yeah, but the thing is too, nigga, if you trying to bag multiple, nigga, you got to get creative with shit because if you trying to bag bitches on this hand and, and if this hand looking crazy looking a little by, blue. The, by the fifth bitch, nigga, you not getting that chick. <laughs> you not getting her number, no. Nah, yeah, Figure that, it's it out. Over that. It's yeah, over it's that. over for that. I like that though. Yeah, nah, shit is lit. Censorship is getting crazy though. though. I mean, I love God, the idea. That's that dope. That's something to, to think about something moving to think forward, about forward with, with some things that yeah, we Yeah, with some things we sure. cooking, yeah, for sure. We, um, can, we can't give our niggas everything. I'm sorry. Now, Jay-Z and Kanye were at the same yeah, event. Yeah, that was a big deal. What so, did you think about that? So, first of all, nobody's focusing on the obvious. What the fuck was Pharrell wearing? <laughs> what I, the fuck I was that? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, what is this nigga wearing? This nigga look like a zebra and a kangaroo. Oh, I did see what this nigga was wearing. Was like, this what I said, bro. We in a dead of winter, nigga. What the fuck are you wearing? What, what? Pharrell just trying to be Pharrell different. Pharrell really days. just trying to be too different, bro. He look more light skinned these days too. I'm like, did he shave something? He's not. He's not Asian. Something. Yeah, he's not something. Something. something Kanye different. looked like he gained a little bit more weight. Kanye yeah. don't give a fuck no more. <laughs> Kanye reaching for three hundred. That nigga's reaching for three hundred. He got Kim. She ain't going nowhere. She really not. This nigga. This nigga dressed up in a, as a fucking grade Yo, and, and so, silver paint. But bro, I didn't Bruh. know everybody that was performing with him was was like that. Every, the whole the whole set. I was like, wait, he convinced all y'all to be silver. Kanye <laughs> the only nigga that could convince a group of a niggas group of people to paint themselves silver, I was like, bro. Nigga, who? who? Whose man's is this? This nigga can convince everybody else to have the same mental illness that he got. Right. I don't. I ain't never met a nigga like that. <laughs> like I'm fucked up. Y'all all gonna be fucked Kanye up. Kanye is the pod piper of this fucking generation, clearly, because y'all niggas follow him. Niggas um, follow everything this nigga do. I think Jay Z, because I saw two photos. Dizzy Brown, shout out to Dizzy, posted another photo, and the photo was we keep showing the photo of Jay's face when Kanye is greeting. Pharrell and Diddy, but we don't show the photo when they actually gave each other dap. I saw that circling. Yeah, I saw the I saw the dap. I didn't initially see that one though. Yeah, I saw it. So I agree with Dizzy that we need to start painting pictures like that because and to be honest, I still don't think Jay Z fucks with Kanye. No, I still don't think Jay Z fucks with him either, but it was good to at least know y'all y'all in a space where y'all could even still do this. Reconciliation did happen to some extent. Yeah, it we did. don't. We, we don't, don't know. To we the, don't know to what, extent. to what extent. It could just be like, yo, we in the same space. We cool, but some form of reconciliation happened between two black men, 
and we don't often praise that or or put a highlight on that aspect of black men getting over their differences. We <laughs> we stay in the the space of they beefing. We definitely so. we definitely don't, and you know. <laughs> I have to say because it, it wouldn't be me because we're, we're talking about this reconciliation. Shout out to my guy Scott Morris. Uh, he, he definitely put up a photo of he and I today and definitely said some shit that uh, was, I guess, long time forthcoming because we never had an issue, but it was a huge misunderstanding that we spoke about privately mm-hmm. and we're in a better space now. So shout out to black men like my brother XAB said coming to terms with things and being able to reconcile and not, you know, make shit muddy or muddier on social media because niggas will really say some shit and then somebody else will say something and then that'll make you not want to work with this person, but you don't even really know why the fuck you're not even working with this person because y'all didn't talk because other people are involved. A lot of people (laughs) want to build an army (laughs) off of false, being a false prophet. So a lot of people... Want, because they don't fuck with this person, right? They want to make sure nobody else fucks with this person, right? So they'll they'll get that to happen by any means necessary, and we can harken back to the corny shit that happened. What was it last week or two weeks ago, where one person put a grievance out regarding, I guess, a certain particular situation that they were in, and then a the next nigga went and decided he wanted to follow up. Nigga, and that shit was crazy. Do his grievance with a, a young woman, I guess, that whatever business didn't work out. But his shit was corny. It was like, yo, bro, you clearly saw X, Y, and Z do this shit earlier. And you was like, oh, this garnered whatever attention on Facebook. So let me do the same thing. Right. And let me talk about a black woman and, and the fact that her pussy stinks or or whatever. Yo! Whatever the nigga said about yeah. her pussy. This nigga was wildin', bro. And I'm like, yo, you look like a whole fucking cornball, bro. Corn on the cob, corn sandwich, oh, corn, cream, yo, that, cream and corn, that nigga. That post was beyond crazy, son. It just was unnecessary. Was and horrible. it was clout chasing. Like, it definitely was clout chasing. Ooh, I saw this happen earlier and my man's got 200 likes off and, of it. And I'm going to tag the person, nigga. Is you crazy? For what? What are you doing that for? Yo, it was horrible. Yo, someone tagged such and such. What are you doing that for, dog? Like, if you... We're all adults. Everybody in that sphere now is over 25. We all over 25 now, bro. All over 25. We all grown the fuck up, but y'all niggas still acting like y'all child. So you can't tell me that you you didn't know that your better sense of mind would be to go call that person. You knew better. Call them. Or send them an email. Yeah, reach out to them reach some out to other them. way, but not, not but like going that. on social media and then doing that yeah. post and saying it the way you said it. You doing that for clout. That shit corny. But um, speaking about clout, nigga, what is this about? Educate me on this Meg Thee Stallion. First of all, I didn't know Meg Thee Stallion was 6'4". Excuse me? <laughs> I didn't know Meg Thee Stallion was 6'4". Meg Thee Stallion is a real stallion then. Fuck. I was like, God, for nigga, I just thought, I thought it was the heels I was giving her the extra oomph because I... I I know she's tall, but I'm like, God damn, this nigga 6'4"? Someone said, yo, niggas. Don't run some, from me, friend. <laughs> some Somebody said, yo, y'all do realize that a stallion is a male horse. I was fucking, oh. yo. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> y'all niggas can't do that to Meg. Don't do that. Don't like, Even though her laugh is out of this fucking world, her laugh is crazy. Like, y'all niggas is wildin', but <laughs> yo, her laugh um, is crazy though. Yo, so Meg, 
So oh my Meg God. is getting a little bit of backlash from certain fans who basically were like, you was with Moneybag Yo during the summer. Mm-hmm. That lasted up until allegedly mm-hmm. they parted ways last month when she was seen with Trey Songs. Trigger. And then sidebar, do we feel like Trigger pulled the trigger? The way she was acting, I think is a possibility. I hope Trigger pulled the trigger. I hope so too. But <laughs> don't uh, run from me, friend. Yeah, facts. <laughs> and then third, um, she was recently seen with Wiz Khalifa. And oh, oh she that's was, what Wiz K is. I'm like, Wiz Kid or Wiz Khalifa? Yes, and so <laughs> she had her fingers all on his neck. And was like caressing his neck in a certain type of way. Okay. And it made it look intimate. Okay. So we don't know if it's for the clout video. We don't know something that could be behind the scenes. Maybe a mo- who knows, right? So somebody said, "Yo, Meg The Stallion is moving like she's for the streets." Oh. And Meg was like, oh, "They was like, yo, how'd you go from money bag to Trey songs to Wiz Khalifa?" And then she responded, and she said, "How about none of them?" And then she responded Ooh. and said, y'all can't say that I'm for the streets if I just moved on from particular situations that didn't work out for me or that, you know, I wasn't. We don't even know. the f- So first of all, just be, we got to clear this up. <clears throat> just because you see a chick with a nigga, does that mean she's fucking with him? Because it could just be a photo op. It could be them fucking around, but maybe not fucking. Or it could just be, like she said, she just moved on for, from a particular situation because it just didn't work out. I mean, so let's see. We're talking about like six months time and she's a celebrity and she's been publicly documented with or not even doing anything, not kissing or nothing like that, but well, publicly documented we around. We haven't seen yet. Yeah, we haven't seen, yeah. but... Around Moneybag Yo, mm-hmm. Trey Songs, and Wiz Khalifa. So that's what we've seen. So three men, six months. Oh, mm. okay. Right. I mean, Each- I feel like regular bitches and regular niggas be doing something very similar to that. Very similar, if not shorter than that. If they're dating. Yeah. If you're out here dating, that's what it is. So Yeah, that's what I'm saying, right. And maybe she was dating and, you know... Three niggas, six months. Each nigga had two months. And again, right? we don't even know if she's been fucking with these niggas. And I, the Trey song, she looked like that. she Trey, was googling. Trey songs looked like it was like you can't tell me that there wasn't some form of attraction because when Trey realized the camera was on them, Trey was like, "Yo," his man's was like, "Yo," and then the camera went away. So if you pushing the camera away, we don't away, even know if it was a setup like that. We don't you, know, son. You know what I mean? First money, all, money bag. They was kind of back and forth for a long time, and they did not kill the rumor that they were dating. So I'm gonna assume they were dating, right? With Khalifa, the way she was touching him, she either is a flirt or that nigga was used to her touching him that way. First of all, look at the type of music that Meg Thee Stallion makes. First of all, we never right. fully got so into we, that. We we know what time it is. We know that Meg want a big old freak. You know what I mean? And Meg want a nigga that got the back. She said, thinking you a player, you a member of the the team. team, Which means there's a lot of niggas on the roster. And nigga, more importantly, nigga, clearly it's still hot girl summer. Because this bitch is still in everybody's mouth in a negative way. And not the way we should be talking about her. Which should just be about her music and about her happiness. It's 
what nigga she's fucking. And I'm going to go a step further. Whoever the fuck said that shit under her post, probably a nigga that can never, no one is like, can never hit Mac. Never hit. Even if he got the bag. And let, let, let's just say he got the bag. He's nowhere near trying to get that. So I didn't really delve into the Eminem versus Nick shit. What's really me going neither. on with that? Me neither. But from um, this shit look corny to me. Nah, it looks corny. I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. For the record, I haven't listened to any diss track on both sides um, because I actually don't want to be a part of that. I, I don't. I don't really don't give a fuck about this. However, <laughs> keep it at a buck. Fifty Cent always makes shit interesting. Fifty Cent, they, they spice this, it up. This nigga Fifty is king troll, bro. He's worse than Six Nine. I have to. I have to say it. 50 posted a wild photo of Nick. Have you seen that photo? Which one? 50 posted a photo of Nick like years ago when he wasn't as muscular and Nick was looking a little like he was on the crack side. Like, <laughs> bro, ain't gonna hold you. Like, where, where does 50 find these photos? Somebody gotta be giving 50 inside information because there's no way this nigga's doing it. Well, he invited 50 to come on Wild and Out. Oh, no. We know 50 going. 50 got to go on Wild and Out. Eminem might not go. 50's definitely going. This is that I, I would love to see I it. I want to see it, bro. I want to see it. Um, I don't know what type of man Nick Cannon is, but I do feel like Nick Cannon is a businessman. And I respect this move, though, because Eminem did bust the first shot. Eminem did bust the first clip. Yes, Emin- he did. <laughs> Eminem made a... a, a a sly comment right on, on Fat Joe's verse. album. Yeah, right. Sh- 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 shout out to Fat Joe and, so, and, and Dre. I think I, re- <laughs> I respect the fact that he's like, "Oh, you're not. I'm gonna come back at you." But I just feel like you gotta know your lane and doing it through rap then diss yeah. tracks. That Eminem, Eminem, Eminem versus Nick Cannon sounds like nigga. J- what? Right, Jay Z versus a midget. <laughs> it's not fair. Jay Z's tall as fuck. A midget is short as fuck. <laughs> if Jay Z fight that midget, <laughs> we will lose all respect for Jay Z. Yeah, I'm, I'm not looking forward to that. If the midget fight Jay Z, nigga, respect this game. Like, it, nigga, you try to be David exactly. And, and it's like, but with Nick, right? You ain't landing a blow on uh, M. Doesn't have to respond to nothing M you do. Doesn't, and then you doing corny shit, banging bottles together to look like the Warriors. Right? M, come out and play. I think that bitch died. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody died in the office, y'all. Hey, I don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> they keep carrying b- bottles in bags. Don't <laughs> <laughs> run from me, friend. Um, I'm fucking done. So, Takashi, we here. Super villain, yo. Hands he, down, bro. He took the year. Between him and Trump? He took the year, kid. I don't know. <laughs> um, Takashi. He's a super villain, bro. That ass. Listen, for I, me, I don't know. I, two years. He's getting two years. Right. Um, uh, according to DJ Academics, um, who you know is his lover. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Ak. <laughs> Um, Takashi's expected to uh, be released um, July 2020, according to all the time that was was added from the time that he already did now to the, his projected time based on good. And I didn't know this. I didn't know that. I think he said for every for every month or for every two months that you do in prison with a good time and behavior, they they shave off uh four yeah, months. Yeah, if you don't get into any incidents. I was like, whoa, I didn't know that. <clears throat> 
I don't know, yeah. bro. I don't know if he's gonna make it. I mean, I, I feel like he will, but they say he's gonna be um um for for the majority of his time in prison, he's gonna be away from everybody. So he's gonna be away from the population. So then he will make it. Yeah. No, I, no, he's definitely gonna make it because um there there were there's already things and orders that's being set out that if a blood member tries to get retaliation, it's a wrap for them in there. Yeah. Yeah, that was already said. Um. <clears throat> I mean, that still don't mean Lil Tay Tay ain't gonna take one for for the team. Nah, somebody I feel like is gonna try to prove their stripes. But somebody regardless of the fact, it. let's say he's coming out. I I can't say that. His first record out is gonna is really it's going, gonna be pivotal. It's it's super pivotal yeah, because very... we are in a space that people. K Michelle even says she can't wait to. He get back out because he was entertainment and she liked his music. So we're at a space where people don't wow. even care what you do in your real okay, life. Michelle is wilding. That's yeah. that's a wild statement, bro. Bro, she she or she or she knows she lost a few fans behind that bitch. I she, personally, <laughs> I can't. I, never said I that. can't listen to to six nine the same way. I mean, I never was really into it in terms of thinking he was living that life in the first place. But to talk all the shit that you did. Be on camera, getting in the fights, and then your bodyguards are fighting for you and all of this shit. And then to dime on whatever, and, and I get it. Niggas going to jail. Yeah, I get it. Niggas yeah. fucked your baby mama, and they Damn. Damn. and they said that they was going to kill you. So I understand that you really ain't feel like you had any affiliation to them. But I I go back to what people have said, and that's if you decide to live that life. You gotta live by that life. If you want to live by that code, yeah, you gotta live by that code. Games, you can't switch it up. Game's last album, Born to Rap, he said, "Yo, blood in, nigga, blood out." And nigga, basically, what that fucking means is, nigga, once I'm blood in, nigga, the only way I'm getting quote unquote the fuck out is when I die, nigga. And me, me, and me being the game when I die, meaning, nigga, when I die. Not when I'm, quote unquote, trying to get out and niggas trying to kill me for getting out to die. No, nigga, when I die. So I hear you with that, bro. I'm really <clears> curious <throat> to see what features he gets when he gets out. I'm really interested to see who's going to who's gonna be willing to feature on his track. I feel like whoever features on his track, management, whoever they're being represented by, label-wise, everybody has to be on the end. Like Everybody has to feel like it's a smart business move. Because... Because the backlash of that record... The backlash is going to be crazy. That backlash, bro. First of all, every artist who's even thinking... Because Kate Michelle, her comment to me sounds like it's more than just him being entertaining and 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 her liking him troll. Kate Michelle sounds like the type of woman... What type of woman is Kate Michelle? Kate Michelle sounds like the type of woman to jump on a record with Takashi 69. To want to. I don't think he would want to. Nah, he wouldn't want to. With that ten million dollar deal, ten million dollar deal, nigga. He, I don't know. He I, has guaranteed money on the table, like nigga. As soon as you get out, nigga, here's your money up front. Make these fucking records. And <clears throat> I'm I'm curious to see. I'm really interested to see who that first feature is going to be. I know that he's done work with a boogie before, Nicki Minaj, the, Fifty Cent. The I don't. List go, the I list don't think on. Fifty is getting on nah, a track fit, with nah, him. 50. I don't think Nicki getting on another track with him. Cardi B, nothing. Not, because a, a boogie. I don't know how close they were, but they definitely have more than one record. Together. They have more than they one, a, and then that that last record they did together has been spinning. Bro, it, it spins every day. 
Swerving so, is probably one of my favorite records with him, and I ain't gonna hold yeah, you. Yeah, Swerving is. I'm like, damn, Swerving. You know, just, nobody said yo still, kill that record. Nobody said kill that record because it's really a bookie's record. So <clears throat> that's where my mind is. Uh, Takashi's baby mama spoke on the fact that he won't be re- he wasn't going to be released yesterday, which was Wednesday. Right, and she basically said, "I don't feel no way about it because he wasn't a father when he was out." So. He's not a father when he's in. It's no different. So I have a question. Did 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 she come up with that um, before or after niggas fucked her? I don't we even know. We gotta keep it up. I don't yo, know. He, yo, it chicks, sounds bro. real. It sounds... I don't know. Oh it it could God, very bro. possibly be that... I mean, they didn't... I don't think she got... She fooled around when they were quote unquote together... So it could very well be that he wasn't in her life or the child's life, and she might have been like, yo, fuck it. I don't have no loyalty to you because you didn't have any to me. This is a sidebar. I can't see myself dating a chick that I know can switch on me that fast. Yo, you never really know what money could do, son. You never really know, kid, because for all we know, um, at some point in time, she was going to violate the nigga. And it's like, why would you violate a nigga knowing that his mans want to fuck you? Well, I mean, <clears throat> I definitely wouldn't. I wouldn't go that route. Like, I would. I, I agree with you. But I also feel like we do have to put some onus on 6 9 We don't know what the fuck he did to put her in the mindset to even feel like, you know yeah, what? Was- I'm going to go fuck your man. Because it could be that it, it doesn't necessarily have to be that she's grimy. And the way she's talking, it sounds like she holds some animosity towards him. It could be very well be that this thing got famous and started just wilding and not giving a fuck about her feelings. Possibly. And she was like, you know what? Cool. No problem. And one of these blood niggas, or it could have been like one of the blood niggas didn't even introduce themselves as, yo, I'm cool. True. With with 6 9 True. Or if we getting real nasty, grimy, and dirty... When we talking about gangs, a lot of times is yo. A lot of times that does happen. She's mine too. So six nine, I'm gonna go fuck your bitch. What's up? Show me you really about this gang life. I'm gonna go fuck your baby mama. Ain't nothing you could say about it. You know, make sure she know what's up. And now we talking some dirty, nasty yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah. But yeah, we talk. But, but it's real life. Nah, that 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 that. I, I forgot. I. I grew I grew up with some around these wild niggas, so I, yeah, bro, yeah, you're right about that part. That definitely could possibly also be a part of the initiation process. But Ryan Leslie, let's talk about a real artist. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Ryan Leslie definitely spoke about a lot. I definitely encourage everybody outside of Ryan Leslie. Uh, you know him being a um, R and B singer, Grammy nominated. Um, Definitely put a lot of things in perspective in his interview you had with The Breakfast Club two days ago. So I don't have a lot of it here because I'm remembering from memory. Ryan Leslie said his first album sold 186,000 units. Mm. I was like, whoa. He said, you do know the standard for gold is 500,000, right? He said, we barely scratched that surface. Mm. Even though when he came out with Diamond Girl, his biggest record to this date, right? that record alone made him more money than the album. Mm. He said that because for for so for for a lot of you guys who don't know his background, I knew this years ago, and I'm sure X knew this. But Ryan Leslie is a smart ass motherfucker. Uh, yeah, went to Ivy League school. He went he went to Harvard. 
graduated Harvard mad early because he was just that gifted, that talented, that smart. But he said that he was disconnected from the culture. He just went there, did his work as a student, graduated early, but he was connected from the culture of trying to get into this music industry. So he said, when you go to schools like that, in order for you to be a part of that culture, you have to come with a network. He said he didn't come with the network. The network came after he blew up because what he went to school to study is not what he ended up doing in real life. Remember, he's a musician. He went to school for some other shit. Right, for sure. So the other thing that he was saying was his second album did 68,000 units. I was like, God fucking damn. So he said after his two albums, he said he decided to take off all of his music off of all the streaming service platforms. He officially wanted to be independent, mm. which I knew about this part because around that, around that time, remember that nigga laptop had got stolen. So he said some shit in the interview, bro, that no one has ever heard. He said he produced a lot of records for Watch the Throne. Did you know that? I was like, whoa. I I knew that he's here. been producing, so I know I didn't I don't know all the projects he's worked on, but oh, I know yeah. that Ryan he listed them did, Drake, yeah, Kanye, Fab. Did, I was like, damn, he did a flip from being an Neo. artist to doing more behind the scenes stuff, mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons why we haven't heard much from Ryan Leslie in terms of new music, mm-hmm. and I know that that's partly partly part of probably how his brain works. He's realizing. All right, the money wasn't coming from being an artist, so let me produce mm-hmm. um, and let me get these royalty checks, and I'm getting more money. This just kind of like Elvana, like, yeah, like what yeah, happened yeah. with her, <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> so um, yeah, yeah, he. Uh, so I didn't know this, even though I I knew that he wrote um, a lot of her music, but I didn't know that Ryan Leslie is the reason why Cassie is Cassie. Didn't mm. know that. Ryan Leslie said. This is what he said. Cassie went from like, he said 2,000 friends on MySpace to like 650,000 followers within the span of a few weeks because Mm. he said around that time, him and his friend figured out how to um, hack um, Google. So every time you put something in like a MySpace search, it would be associated with Cassie's music page. Mm. And he said that, but he didn't give up how he was to do that. But he said, long story short, She's the only artist, he said, in history that you could track by fan sale. He was like, she had 650,000 fans on her MySpace page. That turned to 650,000 units for her first album. I didn't even know that shit. Mm. He said her first album went gold and did exceptionally better than his album, even though his album came out before her shit. He also said Diamond Girl was originally her record. I was Mm. like, this shit crazy. The reason why she didn't get it, she didn't show up to the studio that day because around that time, he hinted that there was a triangle between him, Diddy, and Cassie, mm-hmm. which now lets me know Ryan Leslie was not only responsible for Cassie's career, at some point in time, he was with Cassie. Right. Diddy came. Diddy is the mogul at this at this point right. in time. Diddy still had more money. Diddy more money, more, more control known. in the industry, more known. Diddy started dating Cassie, and Ryan said around that time, that's when the split went like this. But he also said he respects Diddy, and he's still cool with Cassie, but he said the problem is is that he was going into another direction because niggas just kept asking him for beats. 
kept asking him to write, right. and he got tired of that shit. When he took his music down, he said going the independent route was probably the best thing for him. He's not the first artist we've heard say this. Um, he said Chance the Rapper has said this. A lot of artists, he was like, he makes more money independently than he's ever had when he was a part of a label. And we got to talk about Chance <clears throat> canceling his tour. Wait, what? Chance has canceled his tour. Yeah. Oh, show yeah, we definitely got to. Let me see if I can find a tweet. Um, like that is wild. But yeah, uh, oh if, shit. If there's not anything good news. more about Ryan Leslie, uh, go ahead. I'm gonna see if I can find this yeah. tweet about Chance. Wow. So Ryan Leslie said he left the music industry because he uh, he realized that um, he wanted to focus on getting more into the tech world. He's always had a fascination for tech. Um, even when he came to um, John Jay several years back, shout out to John Jay. Um, and he came to John Jay and he was uh, talking about his music, but he was also talking about technology. Um, Ryan Leslie also said that he has a platform called Smartphone, which I didn't know. And he said Smartphone is the only um, phone service that allows you to categorize, excuse me, your text messages and put them in um, your, your the people that you're texting into boxes. So he said, if you're trying to do a campaign via text on your phone and you want to hit up every investor, instead of uh, going to the investor's name and then putting them in that little box, the, the send to box, you just hit investor and everybody that's an investor in your phone, you'll be sending it directly to them. So I was like, that's fucking dope. He said, there's no phone system out there like that that has that yet. I was like, mm-hmm. that's interesting, um, which is, to me, that's a game changer. Um, he also said that when he went um, independent, he realized he can make more money off of tours than anything, as we know a lot of artists make their money off tours. Right. Because he said the sales were going directly to him and his site. So he cut the label out and he cut out management. Right. Strictly him. So I was like, and he said he was trying to do this. He, was, he, was, he said he told Fab about this and Pusha T years ago and they was laughing at him. And he said, now look at what's happening. I mean, that's interesting because the point I was going to make is <clears throat> I feel like the only artists that can do this are artists who end up garnering garnering a name early on and then maybe shit isn't working out past that but they still have enough clout from whatever record that everybody knows them from that they can now they still have the buzz that when they do Mm -hmm. uh maybe become a producer or when they do start putting on shows on their own there's still people coming out. You yeah. can't do this as a starting out artist. No, hell fucking no, bro. Ryan Leslie said he's still making money off a of Diamond Girl, bro. Nigga, what? Nigga, how how many years that record came out? Oh, wow. Nigga, so for you to still be making money off that lets me know, nigga, you are that nigga because you figured, you figured it out for you. You figured it out for you. And he also was saying that he said Cassie is the precursor of helping change his career. But he said Drake is who took his career to the next level mm. because he said the way he was producing for Drake, which I didn't even know this nigga was producing for Drake, but he said a lot of old Drake's old records on like his mixtapes. That's Ryan yeah. Leslie. I didn't even know. So I was like, so wait, so Ryan Leslie gave you that sound in my mind. I'm saying it's like, Oh shit. Interesting. Even Kanye sound. Ryan, Ryan has been in the background for a minute for sure. Didn't know that kid. Yeah. Yeah. He's um he's definitely an interesting artist because of the fact that he can play a lot of different instruments. A lot of different instruments. He's super smart. College grad, like yeah. one of the very few we have that we can say, yo, he actually went to college and he went to a good ass college and he graduated and he's in the music industry, but he's so fucking smart that he's able to navigate through it and not have because he said right now 
that because Charlemagne said, do you feel like you got blackballed? And he said, no. He said, I go to bed great at night because I figured out my situation. A lot of artists are in label and, and record deal situation. They stuck. Yeah, no, I think I think Ryan found <laughs> so his stuck. route <clears throat> yeah. and realized. All right, let me do it this way because I'm realizing trying to force it that way isn't mm-hmm. going to work. Yeah. So let me find my route in another way yeah. of getting this money. Cause and he, yeah, because he said business. album sales for him. That wasn't it. He said his name was bigger than his album sales. Yeah, definitely. The, the, the prestige of who Ryan Leslie was was bigger. He was on everybody's record. And he said some shit to me that had me thinking like, honestly... This is how I was thinking about the podcast. We could talk about this more off air because we always talking about it. He was like the future for certain artists like himself. If you're trying to go the route he's trying to go, study what he is doing. Study what Nipsey Hussle did when he sold his mixtape for a thousand dollars. He right. said, and he also said Meg Thee Stallion and, and Miley Cyrus and a few other artists are on his platform mm. to do their music like that. And he said he has a deal with record labels. To distribute artists' music through there, he gets a percent because he has the platform that he right. built from scratch, and the label gets a few things. But he said the majority of the sales now go directly to the artists. Right. So I was like, interesting. So we might want to talk about that in terms of podcasting, because what I did for Ready Whip, which I'm not going to say on here, for this year, now I know what I need to keep doing for next year. Because next year, uh, last year, I definitely lost. First year we did it, definitely lost bread, even though I, I sold the tickets for more. This year I made more money because I did something that I didn't do last year, even though the tickets were cheaper. Well, and, I and mean, I think that that plays a factor too. Sometimes it definitely worked. cheaper allows more people to buy. Right. And the more people buy, eventually, if 100 people are buying $20 tickets versus 20 people buying $40 tickets, right. it's, it's going to just... Yeah. You know, the math is just going to play out different. So back to Chance. Yeah. Um. So Chance put out a tweet and it goes, or rather he put this on Instagram. Okay. He goes, hey guys, I've decided to cancel the big tour. I know it sucks and it's been a lot of back and forth with reschedules and rerouting, but it's for the best. I'm going to take this time to be with family, make some new music and develop my best show to date. I'm deeply sorry to anyone with a ticket who has supported me this past decade by coming to a show and rocking out with me. And I feel even worse for anyone who has planned on making this their first chance concert. Thank you for an amazing year and a huge thanks to my team and family for being so strong through the whole year. I promise to come back much stronger and better in 2020 and hope to see some of you guys there. I truly love you and God bless. He he chance doesn't sound like he was mentally there, bro. For me, the most important line there is um something going on. I promise to come back much stronger and better in 2020. That tells me everything that I need to know about what's going on with Chance. And we we spoke about this earlier and we said this last album just was not it. It, it didn't do it for him. It wasn't it I don't know who probably was a flop too. It was a flop. That's that's what the issue is. He can't sell tickets to this concert. He's talking about rescheduling and he wants to spend time with family, but he can't sell tickets. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, nobody no nobody's buying tickets. Nobody wanted to see that fucking the the show equated to this album that he put out. And he's been pushing as if the album that people were bugging 
when they said, yo, Chance, this ain't it. Like, this album not going to work. And he was like, oh, when I talk about loving my wife, y'all want to kill me. But when I talk about other shit, and it's like, it has nothing to do with it. It just wasn't a good project. I do think Chance is still one of the most talented individuals. I didn't even know Chance would be here this long. To be honest, when he first came out. I did once I heard Coloring Book. Coloring Book was phenomenal. Yeah, Coloring Book was good, but Chance was out way before that. And I, I didn't yeah, I didn't rap. get I didn't get into Chance personally until after he started fucking with Kanye, if I could be completely honest. I got into I'm Chance when I went to Essence Fest. Okay. And I saw him perform. He okay. had one of the best performances by far. And I was like, yo, his music is fire. Mm. And I went, I listened to Coloring Book, and I was like, oh nah, this is Dope. And around the same time was when Pablo, Life of Pablo came out right. and Chance was on there. Right. Um, but I heard I heard the Chance verse and I was just like, oh, it was cool. Um, but once I saw him on stage, I was like, nah, he's dope. Right. And then he came out with, the, what, what's the name of this shit? The Big Day? Yeah, The Big Day. The Big Day. And yeah, The Big Day, which music, music is on the disc, but the cover of the album is a blank disc. Right. With diamonds in with it. With diamonds on it, which yeah. is... <laughs> I do. I I think Chance can rebound. Yeah, uh, I I definitely believe he can rebound. But I don't think I don't see him the same way. Me personally, I don't see him. I thought he was going to be one of the next up. Like I thought he was going to be like the new guard of whatever we think about when we think about Meek, J Cole, Drake. Um, what you call it, uh, Kendrick? Yeah, like that. <laughs> He no. was going to be the new version of that. I no. don't know if he's going to be that. His next project will have to really show me what he's going to be. Um, Chance. <laughs> but we can talk about Nipsey, who really was probably... I mean, I don't, he now is considered one of the greats. So... I'm glad this actually happened for me because... Nipsey Hussle dropped Victory Lap last year, February, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't get into Victory Lap until this fucking year. Me too. Um, I always knew about Nipsey Hussle. I never yeah. listened to his music. If I can be, I, and if I did, it was on the radio, and he probably was on a verse. But I was never like, I'm gonna listen to it because I'm gonna listen to it. Um, what happened was I started to, when I got into victory lap, I still wasn't sold on cause, so this is actually why I even listened to victory lap. If I can be completely honest, cause niggas was like, Oh, Nipsey Hussle got the greatest album of 2018. I was like, right. I was saying that too. I was like, okay, <laughs> who the yeah, fuck let, is this nigga? Let, me, yeah, let, let me, me listen to this, let shit. Me this shit. So I'm listening to this shit and I'm like. I'm still not convinced it's a great, but I'm listening to it like this nigga shit is actually kind of fire, but I'm still not sold that this is a great body of work to me. And maybe it's because of his sounds, how he sounds, maybe how he's rapping. He didn't really have a lot of bars for me, but he, you know, he's, he's, he's saying some shit. But the shit that got me with Nipsey was his fucking interviews. I was like, okay, this, this is a real guy. You know, he's talking about Dr. Sebi, who I've been knew about years ago. Um, but he's talking about, you know, economic change and reform and, you know, us buying property ownership. And I'm like, okay. So I fucked with him more off of that. 
and not necessarily the music. And actually, I never even went back to listen to was old shit. Mm-hmm. I've only really listened to shit I've heard on the radio, Victory Lap, or if he was on some mixtape shit with other artists. Is he a legend in your eyes? Nipsey is a legend because of what he was trying to do for the people. Right. Music, no. So this is going back to no. a conversation that I guess WAC 100 was was saying where I think he said basically the same thing. He yeah. said that he feels Nipsey is a legend, but people need to stop saying that he's a legend musically because yeah. he didn't put out music that would be considered legendary if he didn't pass. Victory Lap is a solid, like listening back to it, Victory Lap is a solid body of work, that, but mute but musically in terms of discography no he hasn't put out enough body of work for us to be like he can be considered a legend. well he had he does have a lot of music out no, no no he has a lot of music out but i don't feel like that music necessarily helps show the growth from what he was doing with the the projects that came before victory lap victory lap to me is the standard of nipsey right. hustle D- this nigga created victory lap and then has a flagship store that he opens up in his neighborhood because he bought the whole, he bought the lot. So that says a lot. But to me, putting out Victory Lap and having your store, the marathon, and talking all this revolutionary talk, for me is not enough to say you're a legend musically. I would have to say that, in my opinion, Nipsey is legendary musically because he's done legendary things with his music. Okay. Now, they weren't always celebrated to the highest degree. Mm-hmm. When he was alive. But he sold his first couple of mixtapes for $100 each. I didn't even know that shit. Which was legendary. And people was, and people was buying it. And then he sold his next for $1, batch fucking dollars. of mixtapes for $1,000 <laughs> And each. niggas was buying it. And people bought it. And if I'm not mistaken, he also sold one mixtape for $10,000 to Jay-Z. Yeah. that's And Jay-Z definitely... I think Jay-Z did buy it, actually. Yeah. It was either 10... It was a crazy number like that. It was an extravagant amount of money. but And he was able to get Jay-Z to buy it. So if Jay-Z co-signing his shit and Jay-Z's buying it off you... That says a lot, boy. So to me, that's legendary shit that ain't nobody else did. Um, and Victory Lap, to me, was a great body of work. I do think it was within the top five albums of that time frame. It, it grew on me because it didn't happen immediately for me. Like when I, I think I first listened to it when Charlemagne and Joe Budden did the, um, the wrap up. best and worst wrap up okay. for 2018. Yeah. And they kept saying that Nipsey Hustle. I kept hearing about Nipsey. I kept hearing about Nipsey. Right. And they kept saying that Nipsey's album was one of the top ones. And I was like, Nipsey is still, in my opinion, an underground nigga. Right. So y'all placing him all the way up there. Let me go check this shit out. And when I listened to it, I was like, oh, no, nah, this shit fire. I didn't realize, though, that after he died, I was like, oh, this nigga actually had mad money. Because he had a lot of property. Like, bro. And um, Ryan Leslie even said Nipsey Hustle. Before Nipsey Hussle was um, telling Ryan Leslie he was going to sell his mixtape for $1,000, he came to, to to Ryan Leslie and was like, yo, Ryan, 
what's the next venture I should get into? Ryan Leslie said cryptocurrency. Mm. Nipsey Hussle took his ass to Amsterdam and started investing in cryptocurrency companies and started making bread. Mm. I was like, yo, this nigga was really ahead of him. In terms of finances, he knew what he, what he was trying to project for. So what, what I will say is even though he was doing legendary things, I think people know Nipsey more on a legendary status for the things that he was doing for the community yeah. when he passed yeah yeah when he passed correct so yeah. i mean i i personally feel like he's a legend musically because mm-hmm. of the of knowing the actual details of right. what was going on in the background mm-hmm. um but i can agree that most people know nipsey not because of his music but because of what he stood for and what he was doing yeah. when he ended up passing. Nipsey's so. one of Nipsey's first interviews and, and and big shout out to um big shout out to uh, my guy Tariq Naval in Atlanta for the Groomsmith Lounge, Groomsmith uh, barbershop when he asked me and my partner to create a documentary for Nip. Um one of the things I learned about Nip is that one of his first interviews at age 16, he was talking about a lot of shit that he was talking about leading up to his death. But he was talking about that shit at 16. Mm. So he was talking about niggas got to stop buying fucking jewelry and cars and start to put their money in stocks and start investing at 16. I wasn't talking that talk at 16. I'm sorry. No. The average 16. And at that time, he was already crip. But he was also saying, we got to get our mindset out of fucking niggas over and trying to take shit from, from other niggas or other sets and start to put shit in the set so that we can take over our communities to make them better. Because we all fucking live here. So a nigga that really should have listened to Nipsey is Kodak Black. Oh, who shit. Who is in jail. I read his shit. I was like, boy, I know we're going to talk about it. God damn. And, this, and he wrote, on October 29th, I was laced with an unknown substance here in Miami. FDC, that substance gave me an out-of-body experience and had me feeling like I was possessed and dying slowly. Upon this experience, I managed to go to the CEO's office and seek medical attention, as shown on some surveillance camera. Mm -hmm. Um, I was denied. This left me in a state of paranoia shortly after I got into an altercation with an inmate. This same CEO who denied me medical attention proceeded to... Pepper spray me, which instantly impaired my vision, and I was oblivious to who was punching and grabbing me repeatedly in the face. Even after I was on the floor, they continued to strike me and deploy more people. I was summoned for them to. St- I was summoning for them to stop while gasping for my breath. This near-death experience felt like dogs were tearing at my skin while they were grabbing and beating me. While I was under the influence of this unknown substance. That mysteriously hasn't popped up in my urinary analysis and mysteriously the inmate I was fighting with went home the next day. I was beaten so brutally that I had to be taken to the box in a wheelchair. I have been here for 45 days without commissary, hygiene stressed out and on psych meds, having to mourn the loss of my brother Juice World behind the doors. Prior to this, there was a few inmates who intentionally beat up an officer and no charges were filed. Um, He went on to say, let me see if I can grab this shit. I didn't even read that whole shit. Meanwhile, I got into a fight with another inmate and this officer jumps in to inflict harm on himself and capitalize on my status as a local celebrity. 
I had officers tell me that the CEO was okay that night and that he is trying to go his route because he self-checked himself into a hospital. I have also heard officers tell me that the CEO has been back to FDC and bragging that he will have, I guess, a quarter million from me. I want to shed this light on police brutality and the tactics they use to cover their behinds. Justice for Kodak. Kodak, bro, I can't even believe I'm about to say this. Kodak, it's too late. I feel... It's too late, I mean, I would never want... I I always say this. We don't want to see black people in jail. You trying to cop a plea on some Meek Mill shit? Nah, nigga, it's too late, bro. Yeah, we don't want to see nobody go to jail, but I feel like... Me, personally, Kodak has had chance after chance after chance and has, and eventually something was going to catch up with him. And so I, obviously I don't want to see or hear this, but I'm in the same boat with you where I'm like, bruh, it's like, what do you, what do you want people, people warned you about this shit? The, the degradation on black women, that shit you said about um, young Miami, bro, nah, bro. You don't get a pass. Niggas like 6ix9ine don't get a pass. You know, we didn't we didn't want to see Roddy go to jail either, but niggas is rapping about we caught a body about a week ago. Niggas, somebody got to go to jail. Mm. Somebody got to do the time that y'all niggas is putting in your rhymes. Somebody got to go to jail. And, you know, now I'm just getting to a point personally where I'm like, man, fuck all this. We don't want to see black people go to jail shit. Y'all niggas is putting yourself in jail, which lets me know, nigga, you want to go to jail. Yeah, you, I w- rap, you rap about it in your music. You rap about all of the the fucked up shit that you would do to a nigga, all the fucked up shit you would do to him and his bitch and his moms and whoever. And then you end up in jail, and now you writing this shit, nigga. Niggas is looking at you laughing right now, son. Somebody somewhere is laughing at you. I would bro. say Kodak is a prime example of that for sure. Hell yeah, it's like <clears throat> him especially because for me it's like it's one thing to get one offense, and you learn from that. Kodak has gotten a Multiple. slew of charges within the short two, three years that he's been out as a as a influential artist. Big facts. And so it's like, bro, every time I hear your name, it's either because of a good record or because of a jail charge or a, a charge. Right. Some crime. So I'm at a point where it's just like, I hear you, brother, but... You're going to have to deal with this situation, and I hope you come out of it a better person. I actually don't hear him, actually. Um, you know, this is like... I hear him on the police brutality. I mean, if he's being brutalized, we can't ignore that fact. That- yeah, he's being he he's being brutalized because he thought he can get away with uh, brutally saying certain stuff on social media and in his music, and now, in a weird-ass way, the powers that be... And his maker is showing him, nigga, you can't get away with this. So this is the price you now have to pay for the sins that you've committed daily and you did not seek repentance. Yeah. So a piece of me feel like we we said it with 6 9 even though he has all that protection, Kodak ain't got no protection. And these niggas is quote unquote superstars. But look what happens. When superstars end up behind bars. So, um, I had a question 
based off of one of the conversations that we had. Oh, spicy. And it was, what makes you confident to approach a girl or say some nasty shit to a girl? What makes you feel, what does that girl have to do to make you feel like, okay, she's open for this conversation to go this route? For me personally, to say some nasty shit? Or even approach. Let's start with approach. What what makes you know that it's okay to approach said girl? I don't know what, because sometimes the woman doesn't have to do anything for me. Because mm. me, I'm just a bold nigga. Right. So I don't even be thinking what I'm going to say. It'll be on the fly, or it could just be, I in my head, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out a tone with my voice to say something. And then, depending on how she responds to me, will let me know which way this conversation can go. Now, if I'm trying to get to know her, I might not come off with no nasty shit. If I'm trying to fuck, I might go straight for the kill. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of nasty shit, if that's going to be my first approach, um, it would either have to be based on something I see her post or something that she says that will make me say some shit or it can just be from um, something that I'm thinking about that she may laugh about and then I just go straight into it from there. Yeah, man, because it's interesting. I was thinking about times where maybe I've approached um, somebody and what allows me to realize, oh, this person wants this conversation to go a certain type of way mm. and i think my initial thing is to approach sometimes it's a look sometimes it's like all right you you've been in my circle four times in the last 15 minutes mm. so clearly it may you you want to see if a conversation can be struck mm-hmm. and once we get to that point of a conversation, then I think is really when I realize where this can go. If this is just we're chilling, if this is oh it's a little bit more spicier than mm-hmm. than usual, or oh nah, she's just really about it right now. She like, with the shits. Yeah, she's she's trying to she's trying to fuck. But um, <laughs> when I think about it, it's she's like leaving the, she's leaving the crib after twelve. Yeah, she's leaving after twelve. Um, when I think about it, I think the thing that comes to mind for me is conversation. Conver- Once a woman indulges you in a long-term conversation and they're interested in the conversation continuing, they, they don't just dead it or they don't give you answers that make you realize that they want to move on to something else. That's when a woman is interested in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say her name. I don't know if she even listens to this fucking podcast because she already told me that, nigga, you are a piece of work. I've definitely had a woman tell me straight up already that I want to spend my entire New Year's with you. Oh, shit. And she told me, I've never had a woman that either liked me or possibly wanted to fuck ever tell me no shit like that. Um, Directly, too. Like, And it wasn't, it was to my face. I was like, whoa, you're, I don't think this is you being bold. I think this is you. Like, you just letting it, what the fuck you You just let that shit fly. Right. And I'm just like, because what what, she, she said something to the, it was what, um, 
I don't want to see Distinguish in a suit. I don't I, I don't want to see Distinguish doing. I want to know what Distinguish is like when he's chill. You know, there's like, something attractive whoa. to women about interesting when you're just chilling cuz that was said to me before too. Like I like just seeing right. you relax. That made me feel like so I'm not relaxed. That had me questioning like so am yeah, I I'm never Yeah, like, what the fuck you trying to I was say? Like, what you trying to say? Like I don't be chilling. I'll be chilling. Not with you, but I'll be chilling. Like, yo, I like seeing you in this particular frame of mind because every, every other time I see you running around and right. you busy you working, right? Interesting. But then again, women want a nigga that's always working. Or or they want to know that a nigga's working. Now they want the money from a nigga that's always working from a bum-ass nigga that's not doing nothing. And then these bum-ass niggas get the draws. And like then, that's, and, they want nigga to have as much time as a bum-ass nigga, right. but they want them to have a money, the money of a nigga who's having seven... Streams of income coming in. Definitely had a chick tell me last night. I was talking to her for a minute. She definitely told me, if a nigga's not on my body like that, and what she meant for y'all who don't know this type of lingo, if a nigga, if I, it was, she said, if I feel like I'm not getting hit up a certain amount of times throughout the day or the week from a nigga that I feel like I like and he like me, I know for a fact that I'm going to be tight because I need that type of attention in my life. And I was like, damn. And that just sounds like you need attention. She was she was definitely direct because she was like, if the nigga's not on my body like that, then that nigga's cut off. And I was like, I, I hate when I hear shit like that, to be honest. I bro. didn't even like when I heard it, but I was like, she was like, no, because her, her thing was, I, I need to know that I'm being thought of. Nigga, you could be being thought of and a nigga just not hitting you. Yeah. And, and that, that, God damn. Son, I mean, I feel chicks. like that conversation always goes two ways. It's either like... You have an insecurity and you need to just know that this nigga is just on your body mm-hmm. just to feel like you're wanted by him or mm-hmm. it's just an attention thing and you just need attention on you 24-7. Right. And the only niggas that could do that is a bum-ass nigga with no job or no aspirations. And the reality is all of the hard work of niggas is always fucking working to quote-unquote give you what the fuck you want. But then... When the nigga is either too busy or too whatever, he never has time for you. But then you want the same nigga that don't have time for you to have a job and be working and, Bro, and have I used, money. I used to consider myself a texter. Like, I used to find myself to be texting people all the time. Mm. I find it hard to find time to text these days, bro. Yeah. Like, I, I'm a I'm, voice note nigga these days. <laughs> I send voice notes. My, my time is so occupied on a regular that I find it hard mm-hmm. to text people. Like, right. I there's not much time. Where I'm like idle enough to hold a real long conversation with somebody. Mm. I'm always moving or I'm always doing something. So I was just like, I don't, it's never the fact of like, oh, I'm not thinking about this person. But times is like, yo, I'm busy throughout the day. And when I do get some downtime, like for instance, I worked all day, came here. I'm be, be home. It's going to be one o'clock in the morning or some Definitely shit like that. Morning. Niggas got to do the whole thing over tomorrow morning. So when am I texting you? You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, man. But another thing that I was thinking about was have you ever had multiple options, right? Mm. Maybe three, four girls that you had the ability to go on a date with that day and you end up picking the wrong chick. And you realize because when you got on that date, that shit just went left. I don't know about a date, but I definitely know that 
I think in one day, I think I smashed two or three chicks in one day. I was wilding out that day. And one of the chicks I fucked, I wish I never fucked her. Mm. That shit was and I'm and it wasn't the fact that this the the sex was bad. It was after the sex was over, and I think I had put up a status about like white women or some shit. And she went off on me, and I was like, damn, I made this one status about another woman who's not a part of this race. And the chick got mad, and I couldn't, and I couldn't fuck that chick again because of that status. And I was That's like, what I- Deal, bro. And I was like, damn, son. I was tight. In terms of dating, yeah, yeah there, there, there actually is. And she's popping up in my head a lot. It's definitely one chick I took out on a date, like I want to say maybe 2011, 2012. And I took her out and I felt like I was initiating the date, um, but she really just was not that into me. And see, it's the funny and part about it is I like- was, I was tight because we just kept going out on dates and I'm like, I'm spending money, spending money, spending money, but you really don't like me like that. The funny part about it though is like, so there's been times where maybe I've had like two or three girls that are interested in going out mm. that day. Mm. And it's like, which one do I pick to spend my time with mm. for that day? And it's like, I feel like there have been times where I picked the wrong one. Where it's like, fuck, I went out with Alice and I should have went out with fucking Jillian. Jillian that day because Alice is out here bugging the fuck out. Right, trying to start a fight, all type of stupid shit. Alice, Alice costs mad money to go out with. Right, Jillian is like, I'm not gonna order the most expensive shit on the fucking menu. Yeah, Jillian might even be like, Yo, come to the crib. Let's just chill. Let's just we could just order in. Right. All right. Cool. Is it before twelve (laughs) o'clock? Like, we 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 might just watch a movie. Like, definitely gonna watch. But. It's funny to me because it's like, yo, damn. I wonder how many times niggas think about that when they like, yo, all right, so so and so want to hang out, so and so wants to go to the bar, so and so wants to go bowling, so and so talking about they just want to chill, but so and so who wants to go to the bar got mad niggas on her, so I don't know what type of time she's gonna be on when I meet her at the bar. So and so who want to go bowling catches an attitude all the time. And so-and-so who's available to just go and chill. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I have a really good time with her. Other times she just got too much going on. And I'd be like, damn, which one do I hang out with, if any at all? Because one of these motherfuckers is going to be winning the lotto and the other one is going to just make me feel like, why the fuck am I wasting my time? Now you're right. I was going to say something differently, too, which kind of goes into this. I definitely was talking to somebody last night, and I was like, yo, sometimes I'll be wanting to reach out to you. But if I could be completely honest, I don't because the world, the perception of the world that's being perceived to me from your stories is that you live in, you know, you, you live in your life. And I feel like if I say something or interject into that, I'm almost like trying to infuse myself in it when I feel like it needs to be organic because I'm like, I feel like I've been reaching out to you and you don't reach back out. Mm. So I feel like I'm not I'm not even a part of that. And then I took it a step further and was like, if I could be honest, I feel like if I hadn't met you when I met you and I just so happened to see you on, on the IG and follow you, 
I probably would have told myself around the time of me following you that I could never even get that girl. Wow. And she was like, whoa. She was like, you think I'm like that? I'm like, well, I'm talking to you now, so I know that there's other things that people will never really know about you unless they really talk to you. I was like, but I've also seen you with your makeup off. So I know in my head there is a different you that comes on and off when that makeup is not on your face. Because when your makeup is on, from what I see on social media, it looks like everything is good, everything is great, fine, and dandy. But we talking now, and I know some shit that niggas do not know on social media. Nigga, this is this is who you really are. Like It looks one way, like you live in a crazy life, but we know that there's, uh, there's demons involved, there's hurt involved. Shit, you telling me that there's days where you just want to be like, fuck it. Mm. And we were just having that conversation. I was like, I don't think that's me being insecure. I think that's just me being a bit real. But at the same time, maybe it is insecurity. Because I was like, you're actually not the first person that I felt this way about. I was like, I've definitely, I've smashed chicks. And told chicks after, like, yo, I didn't even think I could smash you. Mm. And chicks was like, wow. And I was like, look at you. And they're like, and then me saying that makes the chick now then say, I'm thinking she's all that. And the chick is looking at me like, nigga, I'm not even all that. I'm like, God damn, son. And you this be sur- shit is deep, boy. I th- you'll be surprised at, at how many women think of themselves as not as bad or Jeez. as much of a right. catch but as look you. that way in your eyes. and Well, in our eyes. Yeah, look and are internalized. And I think this goes back to this um, post that I wanted to talk about. So this girl put up that after having a dude chase her for over 10 years, mm-hmm. she finally let him hit. And after he hit, the nigga ghosted her. He just did. And so. Oh, shit. That. Wait, this is a post on Facebook or, or IG? Ah, this was on IG. And so. Is this real? Is it a real story? She, yeah. Uh, nigga. Shorty, let me see if I can that is wild. Yeah, so yeah, Shorty, I think she might have put it on Twitter first and then it got it got moved to IG and it was like I curved this dude for ten years and when I finally let him hit, he ghosted me, laugh I laugh my ass off, I hate men. But for me, I'm like, what is the time limit? Laugh your ass off, you hate men. That what nigga, that nigga couldn't wait to hit at that point. What is the time limit before you go from I really want to have a relationship or see what how to build with this person to you know what if I get the opportunity to fuck I'm just fucking and that's it. What is what is the time I that you know. have me chasing you? Because we're gonna need a chick on here to to to, to react that question too, so she could give that fucking answer. But we will ask this on social media. Me personally, bro, this goes back to when we was talking about the dating shit. How many canceled dates do you now say? All right. I'm 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 good. Right. You said after the third. I said after the third. A piece of me actually feels like maybe almost after the second because I don't think it's a coincidence that the first time I asked you to go on a date and you like we're gonna do it and then it gets canceled and I'm like I could we reschedule. If the second time after that if it gets canceled or rescheduled at that point, at that point I'm irritated now because I'm like, all right, we done re- this gonna be our second time rescheduling this shit now. I'm right. annoyed now. In terms of trying to get to know somebody, you can't have me chase you for 
Well, it's not even you, nigga. It's you still deliberately trying to chase. At that point, I feel like a 10-year span, nigga, at some point, nigga, in one of them years, nigga, you, you, sh- you should have told yourself, I, I got to stop running after this check. Well, my thing is, you're right, but after a while, I do think that the mindset changes from, yo, I'm interested in this girl, yeah, and I want to see what's up with her, to, yo, if I get the opportunity to hit, I'm just going. I'm just going to hit. Now, granted, it could have been this dude's intentionality from beginning to mm-hmm. end to be like, "Yo, I'm just trying to hit," but I'm gonna tell her anything to get her open enough to let me hit. But I also feel like some men, like I feel like I've gone through it where it's like, "Yo, I'm really interested in this particular person," mm-hmm. but they giving me the run around, mm-hmm. and then by the time they're willing to actually be like, "All right, let's go out and hang," mm-hmm. by the time we get to that point. My mindset might have changed from like I'm not really like I'm not looking at you the same way. Like I, I think for him and for her story there's a possibility he went from really liking her and as these fucking 10 years dwindled their ass on down by the time it got to the 7th, 8th, ninth, he was like the moment I get an opportunity to fuck I'm going to fuck the shit out of her and ghost I think when he fucked, he knew instantly he was going to ghost her. Mm -hmm. I think for her, (laughs) unfortunately, some women like her think that if they string a nigga along or uh, give the appearance that they're stringing a nigga along for that X amount of time. And let's keep it a buck. Keep him as a second string nigga. Keep him as a second string nigga. He that, on the bench, and I'm a yeah. fuck. I'm a date all these other niggas. I'm a date all these other niggas around him. Probably niggas that he know. Probably niggas he introduced me to. I'm a fuck them. But we not gonna end up together, or we might end up together, but it might not work out. And then, all right, he's still there. I'm gonna let him hit. So I think her defense mechanism was when she said, "Laugh my ass off. I hate men," because in that defense mechanism, she really wanted to say, "I'm hurt." For a fact, I think. Come on, son. Ten, I think part of it is part of it here is come on, son. that with that stringing along aspect, where it's like I think women have a particular set of men that they feel they can put in this box of when it's time, I'll see what's good with them, but in the meantime, whenever that time is, in the meantime. I want to deal with this nigga that I know is toxic. I want to deal with this nigga with four baby mothers, but I want to see what's up with him. I want to deal with this nigga who's a drug dealer. And then 10 years go by, because typically, let's say you meet these people, right. high school or high school, college, college, somewhere around there. By the time 10 years go by, you're 30s, nigga. Right. Now, now grown, we bro. near our right. 30s. Yeah. This nigga who might have been a quote-unquote good guy is established. He making some type of bread. Right. He's doing some things. He has some type of status. Right. And you still got your looks, maybe, maybe not. Right. But you were so busy chasing these ain't shit niggas mm-hmm. that you might be in a good space yourself, but mm-hmm. you not matching what he's match what he's doing. And now it's like, let me give this nigga a try. And at that point, the nigga's gone past whatever infatuation he had when. He met you 10 years ago, mm-hmm. and he knows. 
oh, she doing all right, but I'm fucking doing way better. I went to... <laughs> I went to our good brother Suave's page <laughs> earlier today. And this was the first time that I went to his page and what he said on the show, it clicked. Mm. When he was like, because I think I, I think I said something alluding to like women and looks, and he was like, "No, nigga, it's when you elevate, you start to look at them different, right? Yeah, not when they elevate, nigga. When you elevate, so I'm looking at his page and I'm looking at certain shit, you know, him with women and you know him smoking or drinking or just him chilling. I'm just like, yo, what's gonna happen if for every time a nigga feels like he's not in a place where he's elevated and then he gets to a place where he elevated and he's looking at the women that he was dealing with versus the women that he's around now. Did that mean that he had to elevate to see that at that point, the woman that that he even was dealing with or women he was dealing with wasn't shit or did he have to elevate for him to realize they was never shit because Technically, he's not even the same place as them no more. Mentally, I mean, physically, that, financially. That nigga's me. But what I will say, <laughs> what I will. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> what I will say is it's, it's not so much the, re- the realization that said woman isn't shit. It's the realization that the space that they're in. Or whatever it is that you were really attached to in, in the beginning, mm-hmm. you've transcended into a new level where that what used to be, yo, this is the pinnacle, mm-hmm. is now just cool. <laughs> and that's happened with a slew of people in my past where it was like, at that time, right. I put the pussy on a pedestal. <laughs> I was like praising the fact that I was around the pussy. Like and the people attached to the pussy were not on my status then. We're breaking down the science. But yeah, we break it <laughs> breaking down the science, man. Some doing the math. Feels hurt you right. got, yeah, doing people, the math, man. Be mad right but now. what it was for me was I knew that, that those people couldn't match what I was doing at that moment in time. Right. Whether it was because they didn't have the same financial Stability or whatever have you. It's ambition, bro. <laughs> but ambition. I I put them in a space mentally right, right. where they felt they had control or they felt they had they were better than me. Right. And that I should should be chasing them. And it wasn't until I found whatever confidence or found whatever elevation to be like, nah, you cool. Right. And some of that might have just been keeping it a buck dealing with a next chick that I thought was a level higher and it was easy to deal with them versus I'm chasing this chick and you not even as whatever as this chick you might not be as badass or you might not have as money much money or you might not be in the same space as this chick and I'm chasing you shorty and you giving me the run around you must be out your goddamn mind so it comes to a point where it's like Yo, what are you doing? And then I also think there's a realization you just, as you get older, where it's just like, you just learn when you try hard, when you die hard. So for me, I'm getting to a point where the realization is not even 
it's it's not even the vagina no more. It's the woman. Yeah. Because we're going to fuck around and do the same moves with this chick and this chick and this shit. It's going to be the same shit. It all comes down to that person, that woman. And if you feel like you're at an elevated space and you feel like the person that you're dealing with at that time is also at an elevated space, the difference between her versus the chick you was with is, nigga, who's elevating who? That's a fact. And yeah, who who's really elevating who? Because if you're not elevating me and I'm elevating you, technically I don't need to be with you because you're not even showing me that you can help elevate me or teach me some shit. That's a fact. And I guess that kind of somewhat segues into this other topic regarding... Mm-hmm. What's the difference between making multiple mistakes and being toxic to your partner? Mm. Mm. So, for instance, a nigga that's, they cheated three times in a relationship. God damn. At, at what point does it change from being making that same mistake for whatever circumstance versus no, you're just now a, a toxic partner? I feel like if a nigga if a nigga cheats once and the chick stays, there's a possibility that the nigga's gonna cheat again. Mm. Because I feel like indirectly that nigga knows that the truth was exposed, there's a possibility that he can hide it because mm. she stayed, but what if she didn't find out? Mm-hmm. I think if he keeps cheating then he knows he can keep he can keep cheating on her because he's with her. Right. I don't think every nigga can cheat on a chick and that chick stays knowing that she'll quote unquote not want to be like nigga I'm out. Right. There's a lot of chicks the moment you cheat she's out. Right. There's a lot of chicks that will stay and will stay and will stay cuz they think you going to change or they think they could change you but if you already get with a chick and you know deep down inside that you could do some shit with her or to her and she's going to stay. You've literally told yourself that you can manipulate that chick mm. and she's going to work out. I think when, when it gets toxic is what I'm still saying is when that chick stays. Yeah. I think, yeah. When, when she stays and, and you keep doing it's toxic for me, I think it's, it's intentionality. So, if I'm making the same mistake for whatever reason, but my intention is that I'm trying to correct it. So I guess an example that goes along with the cheating would be if I've picked up some type of psychological trauma because I've seen my mom cheated on all throughout my life mm-hmm. and I'm trying to break away from that cycle. But for me, it's been normalized. Right. It's just been like an OK thing. It's been an OK thing. But I realize that it's hurting you every time it happens. And I'm mm-hmm. trying to get away from that. My intentionality isn't to be toxic to you, but I am still doing something that's harmful and hurtful. Right. When my intentionality is, I know this shit going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. Right. Because I'm just, I want to get my nut or I want to be able to see whatever girl right. I want, but I still don't want you to go anywhere and I still want you to feel like it's just me and you one and only, but right. I'm out here creeping. Right. That's when I feel like toxicity becomes way more prevalent and that's the difference between 
yo, I've made this mistake multiple times Mm -hmm. versus, nah, I'm toxic and I'm fucking your life up. Now, I know there's people that would disagree and be like, nigga, if you make me miserable, you're toxic. But that's when we get into the realm of perception. And I feel like that's tricky because your perception may be different from my perception and my behavior may be interpreted a different way than what it's supposed to be interpreted. So it's harder to figure out who's right, who's wrong in that. But I think with intentionality and you can see like you've really broken down a hundred times like this is bothering me. Mm-hmm. And by when this situation arises again, a nigga just seem like he don't care or she don't care. That's when toxicity it's prevalent. I feel like also too shit becomes toxic when you do shit. Like I definitely was dealing with somebody and after the situation ended, we definitely exposed how toxic we were. Like mm. I was like, yeah, there was days where I was mad at you and I took that out on fucking you. Mm. And the way I fucked you, I was fucking you like a hoe, like a slut. Mm. And I deliberately was putting anger into every stroke just to get that nut out and it wasn't like a making love thing and then the person then said to me i did the same thing to you Mm. and i was like damn and those are things we never really spoke about but we were speaking about it after the fact that everything concluded and then there was also times where we would just say stuff just to say it because we really didn't want to say what we really wanted to say right so we said it over text or voice note but we wasn't face to face and I just remember years ago being in a, re- a relationship years ago, and I definitely had a, um, uh, a conversation that almost turned into an argument with my with one of my exes. And she yelled at the top of her lungs, do a nigga hit me. And there was other people in the house. <laughs> and I just looked at her and smiled. And she walked all the way in my face and was like, hit me, nigga. You know you want to hit me. Just do it. And I was like, I'm going to leave. And I just left. Yeah, And then I had to go upstairs and tell everybody, I know you guys heard that. They were like, heard what? This thing was, I was like, I know everybody heard what just happened. I did not place hands on her. And I'm walking out the house. I'm not running out the house. I'm walking out of the house because I don't want to have an altercation with her. And I just left. And a lot of that, I think. Oh, that was wild. That was a wild situation. That also reveals things, though. That That reveals that for that particular person, you hitting them might have actually been a release because they couldn't deal with the emotional mm-hmm. back and forth. So they rather it turn physical, something that they could feel and, and get over with because once that pain of someone putting hands on them mm-hmm. happens, then they can feel the hurt and they can heal from the hurt and that release happens. Instead of dealing with the actual emotions at play. Right. Which is it's a scary place to be in. But for some people, you know, once they've been through certain traumas, they only know how to deal with situations through trauma. And that, that's scary. And I it segues us perfectly to Shorty, who is getting the Jussie Smollett Award for faking her own kidnapping. Yo. Yo. What's her first name? Carol? Yo, bro, she, nigga, she's going to jail for everything in the book, my nigga. She's, def, she's definitely going down. They, they have to hit her with fat time. I don't know. So I was reading the full story today. So for those of you guys who don't know, so this young woman 
staged her own kidnapping because she was about to be sent to Honduras. Right. Um, she thought that it would be smart to stage it so that her mom would probably, I guess, have second thoughts on not sending her, but the shit backfired. And more importantly than that, like me and you was talking about earlier in the week, my nigga, she sent the whole country. Not that the country was in a frenzy. In a panic because this... This, yeah, uh, this epidemic, epidemic with young, you know, girls. Sex trafficking. Is, and... is crazy. So when it first happened, personally, when it first happened, I didn't look into it yet. I was like, I'm going to give it the first 48. And then the first 48, the bitch lied. I'm like, God damn, not even three days. I definitely I definitely didn't right jump on it when it originally happened. I didn't jump on it either. I, I was like, I mean, when it originally, when it did happen, I was like, oh my gosh, like. This is crazy. Said, I said, this is too close to home. I said, nigga, in the Bronx? Nigga, that's yeah. right there. And watching that video is disturbing. Oh, yeah. Why, Seeing her getting it, kidnapped. Yeah. The way she, in front of her mom. And, and trying that to give feeling, your mom a heart attack. And that feeling of being a parent, you trying to fight for your child and you lose and they pull off with your child and you don't know what is going to happen to your child. They, she, your child could get raped, murdered, killed, torn apart. Like, you don't know. But you fought for her and lost. And you had no choice but to lose because it was four niggas. To the niggas involved, honestly, bro, to the niggas involved, y'all set the whole fucking shit back, bro. Y'all, y'all honestly, y'all let this chick talk y'all into doing this? So then some of the stories I read was somebody got some pussy for this or somebody got some bread for this. It was her boyfriend. Her boyfriend was part of it. Yeah. Her boyfriend was part of... Of the kidnapping ploy. So he got to go to jail too. He got it. He he got because I don't think she's going to jail. She's sixteen. I don't think they're gonna give her. They they got to hit her with some shit, bro. Communities or something. She's gonna get something, and it's got to be hard too. Like it also. I think there's also we have to figure. We have to wait and see what other circumstances are in play because in terms of this going back to Honduras thing. What were the, what's, what are the details surrounding that? I feel like she was a disobedient child and her mother could not handle her no more. And her mother said, we got, I got to bring you back home. Well, from what I heard, the whole family was trying to go back to Honduras and they wanted to take her with them and she didn't want to leave. She wanted to stay in America. But who was she going to stay with if, if the whole family is leaving? She, if the whole family That leaving. was the whole thing. Let me get kidnapped. Now I'm away from the family. Maybe was, I live with so and so, and y'all can go to Honduras. That was the without dumbest me. decision she could have ever made, bro. Yeah, sixteen year old decision. She's for a sure. she's a public figure for no fucking reason, bro. Jesse Smollett. She she got the award before the year was out. She got the Jesse Smollett she got award. The, the award. We got to start handing those out. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. She got the award. She the got Jesse's. The, yeah. She got the memes. She got the awards. Niggas making skits. Niggas making skit, bro. I, we we didn't see SNL probably is gonna make a skit about this shit, bro. It's touchy though because it is touchy because it's not funny. A lot of women I saw in an uproar and was like, "Yo, I know women close to me that have got kidnapped. I've never seen them again." I'm like, "Ooh, that's 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 tough." Can't be playing around with this shit. Like my my really- other thing though is it could have something to do with immigration and the fact that. You know, the country is wilding out with in terms of immigration. So that's why I don't want to jump to conclusions yet. I need to hear more information because mm-hmm. I need to know 
one, why did the family want to move back to Honduras? It's a great point. Two, why did she want to stay? And why did she think it was okay to do that? And why did she want to go to this extreme to stay in America? That's a crazy extreme, bro. Bro, my Amber Alert was going off so much Wild that day. I, ain't even, I, I really didn't check it. I was so desensitized. I was like, nah, I can't. I was like, another chick? And that then, video was traumatized. Then it said the Bronx. I was like, oh. I didn't even watch the video. I was like, I can't. The watch other it. video that's traumatizing that 11 year old boy getting slammed on the floor by that officer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sean King is right. That nigga got to go. And that same day, he was definitely fired. But more needs to happen now because I still don't know why he did it. And I found out that the kid had autism. So you uh, you right, slamming so. around an eleven year old autistic child? He's gonna he's going he's getting fired. Got to go to jail. Got to get fined. He's Nigga. getting fucked up when he gets to jail. <laughs> oh yeah, he really getting fucked yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, bro, you want to wrap up? Yeah, man. So the tough night. Listen, man. Um, as a society and as a um. As a human being of the, the 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 world, I feel like it's important that we continue to use our God-given talents, gifts, power for for the greater good. Because we see that when once it's in the hands of the corrupt, corruption only begets more corruption. And where we're going as a society. I feel like there's so much negativity in the atmosphere. There's negativity in conversations. There's negativity happening behind closed doors, contracts, that we don't have enough people saying, this is wrong. Let's stop. Let's recalibrate. Let's rethink what the fuck we're about to do. We need more people to 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 start speaking up because uh, clearly, clearly they're not doing a good job at that. Uh, dad would say, keep your eyes open. Um, we're in a space where it's easy to get engulfed and sucked into the moment. It's easy to get sucked into entertainment. It's easy to want to escape everything that's going on and just ignore it. But we're living in a time where you have to keep your eyes peeled. You have to be abreast and know what's happening. We have a situation now in New York where they're trying to take away bail and in doing so, you got people who are, are fear-mongering the fact that if they do take away bail, that means that killers and rapists are going to be put on the street. And that's not true. Um, and they're, over, they're glossing over the fact that bail disproportionately affects lower-income individuals um, and people who are disenfranchised. And so that's the whole merit of trying to take away the bail system. However... Keep your eyes open, be vigilant, be abreast of what's going on, understand your propositions, understand what's happening, know the difference between a president getting impeached and removed, knowing what's going on and the nuances because we live in a very intricate world with silos here and there. And if you're not keeping your eyes open, you're not keeping your mind clear, it's very easy to miss some things or let some things go. And next thing you know, there's face ID recognition for you to leave your apartment. There's fingerprint identification 
for you to get into a building. And with that, now the government knows where you're at, who you with at all times. So we got to stay vigilant. We got to make sure that our eyes are, are peeled and we're not talking conspiracy theories anymore. We're talking real life. Nah, definitely not talking conspiracy theories. This is definitely real life. This has been another episode of Dad Has Some Bold Ties. Happy holidays. Um, happy uh, uh, Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. If you celebrated Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah. Um, yeah, um, we are getting closer to the new year, and you guys will be getting that wrap-up episode very soon. Stay tuned. Dad Has Some Bold Ties. Make sure you follow us on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, um, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Instagram, SoundCloud, Facebook, and all other streaming platforms that you get your fucking podcast. We come in 2020 is a different vibration for us. We're going to be up there with Joe and all the other fucking podcasts that you listen to. You're going to love us like you love them. Facts. And we want you to be able to say, hey, uh, we knew them when they was just, we want you to be them niggas. Exactly. Because if you them niggas, you're going to get blessed. Anybody else coming on after the wave? Uh, slow for you, check. Peace. <laughs>